No, just stop it. Thank you everyone for your patience. The DFM show is beginning now. Enjoy the show. And welcome everyone to the Turf Flinging Monkey show. I am your host, Turf Flinging Monkey. Everything appears to be working. That is excellent. So, okay. Before, a couple housekeeping rules. So, um, there was an incident a few days ago. You probably heard about it. We can't talk about the incident because I was on a stream the day after the incident. And that stream not only was taken down, but the channel was issued a strike. So, talking about the incident is strike-worthy. So, like, I'm all about free speech, but we can't talk about the incident on YouTube unless you're a mainstream media outlet. You know, they get a pass. CNN, they, they can talk about the incident all the time. They, you know, it's the whole fake news bullshit. So, and, you know, the mainstream media, they can talk about news stuff, but, uh, you know, random dipshits on YouTube, you're not allowed to talk about stuff, otherwise you get a strike. So, yeah, we can't talk about the incident. Just because, now, normally, like, if this wasn't on YouTube, like, if I, if I wasn't streaming on YouTube, I'd, you know, it'd be fair game. But, I, right now, I don't have anywhere else to stream to. You know, stream.me got taken down because the owners were doxxed. Uh, Gab never worked. And then they lied about being free speech in the first place. They're just pro-racism. But when it comes to speech they find offensive, they have no problem banning people. So they're just as bad as Twitter. Which I've also been banned from. Banned from Facebook. Banned from Twitch. So I'm just... I'm running out of options, people. <laughs> I'm at the end of my rope. <laughs> so, uh, not that I... I'm not under any illusions that I'm going to last on YouTube. I'm positive that the day will soon come where I am deplatformed. But I don't want to, you know, hasten that day any more than it already is. So, that, you know, so we will not talk about the incident. But, you know, if you follow my content, you should know what my uh, opinion is. Because I've been talking about things tangentially related to the incident for a while. Uh, another piece of housekeeping rules, or not housekeeping, not rules rather, but... All right, we did a giveaway last week for our sponsor, Fond Love. Now, I mentioned before we did the giveaway that you have to be a U.S. resident, and the reason why is because it's done through Amazon, and every country has their own Amazon. So the sponsor, Fond Love, is working through the U.S. Amazon. So, uh, like, a couple weeks ago, we had some guy, one who was in Canada... He couldn't get the product. Last week, it was a guy in Europe. He couldn't get the product. So we are going to do a giveaway. It's going to be the same toy that we had up for raffle last week. It's going to be a like a doggy-style ass with pleasure pearls in it. It's like, it, it's like lined with little stimulating pearls that's supposed to make it feel good. So that's, you could win that, but you have to be in the U.S. So don't enter the raffle if you're not in the U.S. or if you're... Don't feel comfortable sharing some kind of shipping information. Oh, and it, it can't be a P.O. box, I don't think. Because I think P.O. boxes, they only accept U.S. mail. They don't accept packages from, like, you know, like, whatever, UPS or, or DHL or whatever. I'm not really sure what carrier they use. Maybe FedEx. I don't know. But uh, I've heard P.O. boxes can be spotty. They may or may not accept packages, depending on the carrier. So, just so you know. Like, you know... I understand it's an issue, 
I don't want to get anyone in trouble. But uh, yeah, don't enter the raffle and then not be able to accept the prize. Just common sense. And I think that's it. So oh, guess, and one more. Th- what's up? And one more thing. Guys, please don't link to material relating to the incident in the Discord chat. Yeah. Yeah, just, we're not, again, we're not allowed to talk about the incident. And, um, yeah, it's, and, and now that YouTube is holding channels accountable for their comment section, which is stupid. Because you're just giving trolls the tools to dick over other channels. But, you know what it is, is every time the media writes an article about, you know, ultimately it comes down to the the advertisers. So, and I don't know why, like, I don't know who these people are running these companies and they don't understand. I think it's a generational thing. I think companies just don't understand how new media works. So the conventional wisdom from like, you know, back in the day was you got your customer feedback through angry letters or phone calls to your office and so forth. And the idea was for every person who angrily calls your office or writes you an angry letter, they represent a thousand customers because the vast majority of people, when they're pissed off, they don't let you know. They just stop buying your product. They just silently walk away and you watch your sales hit the floor. So the conventional wisdom was you take every complaint very seriously because those complaints represent your customers and they represent a lot of your customers. So for every time you hear one complaint, that's a thousand people, 999 of which are just silently complaining by not buying your product. Here's the problem with that. With new media, it is so easy to send out a tweet or at someone on social media that you have people writing angry letters to your company who aren't even your customers, who n- not only never buy your product, would never buy your product. They're not even related to your actual customer base. And because of all the censorship on social media, your actual customers are basically silenced. So all you're getting is a bunch of biased information from people who aren't even your customers. And the because of the conventional wisdom, companies are taking these Twitter mobs really seriously so it's so it's really dumb. So what happens is is the mainstream media writes an article about YouTube and the mainstream media hates YouTube. Why? Because the mainstream media is losing to YouTube. Like you saw, you know, the articles about a month or so ago about all these these uh journalists being fired from like BuzzFeed and whatnot. They're losing their job because nobody needs them. Like, if they want clickbaity bullshit, they can do that at YouTube. Why click on an article? Like, there's plenty of YouTubers who will make clickbaity bullshit videos to satisfy your clickbaity bullshit needs. You don't need a website. And, you know, audiovisual content is better, more stimulating, more entertaining than having to read. So, would you rather read an article like top 10? boomer signs you're a boomer you know like would you rather read an article about it or to watch a video with all kinds of memes and background music and footage you know like it just doesn't it totally makes sense audio video content is just better so youtube is kicking the mainstream media's ass and so the media hates youtube because it's competition but for some reason google and youtube 
whenever the media, and it's not really YouTube cares about the media, it's that the advertisers care about the media. Every time an article's written about YouTubes, and they're always negative. I actually remember uh, Matt Pat from the channel The Game Theorist. He actually did this positive video talking about all the money that YouTubers give to charity and all the positive things YouTubers do because the media doesn't care about the positive things YouTube does. It only cares about talking shit about YouTube and uh, smearing YouTubers and, you know, all this other stuff. But whenever an article is written, the advertisers pull their money. And so YouTube... They have to overreact. They Basically, they have to overreact because the sponsors are their lifeblood. So the only way to keep them, like, you know, in a perfect world, the advertisers wouldn't overreact. And so YouTube wouldn't have to overreact because this, this latest bullshit with the adpocalypse was uh, pedos putting time codes in innocent videos. Like a little girl who does gymnastics and her family posts her gymnastics videos. There's nothing sexual about gymnastics, but because this little girl was doing gymnastics and pedos were putting time codes in the video of like when she was in a compromising position, they shut down the the YouTuber. And then because these dipshits were making uh, videos about how YouTube was profiting off of the exploitation of children, because like children, like, I mean, this is a newsflash. So pedos will go to the park and masturbate in the bushes just staring at kids playing in the park there's nothing sexual about playing in the park you don't shut the fucking park down because children are playing and pedos just like to stare at them while they touch themselves it's not the park's fault it's not the children's fault why are you punishing the park and the children but the answer is the reason why they're punishing the parks and the children is because fucking the the media write articles about how youtube is making pedophile content and monetizing it and oh it's so terrible and so and then the advertisers pull their money out, like, oh shit, another scandal, time to pull your money out. And then Google has to overreact to keep any more advertisers from jumping ship. So it's like, I'm not even mad at Google. I understand why they have to do this. It's more of the advertisers who are just, why are you stupid? Why do you not see through this? Just, just stick with the fucking platform. Like, what do you want? Like, you, it's it's dumb. Like, there's nothing wrong with those videos. Nothing. Just children playing. What child, oh, So apparently children can't have YouTube channels. Because pedos might watch their videos and touch themselves. Like, it's so fucking dumb. Why punish them? They, they're not doing anything wrong. So, but yeah, that's what caused all this bullshit. And the same thing with the whole, uh, like, the incident. Everything. Everything is YouTube overreacting. Because they know the media is chomping at the bit to write another hit piece against YouTube and cause more of their advertisers to jump ship. So the problem ultimately goes back to the media. And this is what pisses me off. The, the media is YouTube's competition. Uh, like, imagine if Burger King wrote a hit piece or sponsored a hit piece about McDonald's. And it was sponsored by Burger King. You wouldn't listen to that. Like, if you read an article sponsored by Burger King saying McDonald's is a piece of shit, or maybe even a better example, an article sponsored by a cigarette company talking about how cigarettes don't cause cancer. Some kind of bullshit, obviously shill article paid for by a lobbying group who wants, like, to make their propaganda appear as content that was, you know, some kind of breaking news. 
the media does that themselves. Instead of being sponsored by Burger King or uh, what's what's the company, the Marlboro Company, I don't know, uh, Morton Phillips or something like that, whatever, whatever the company that owns all the cigarettes, uh, you you would recognize that on the spot as propaganda sponsored by a company trying to uh, hurt their competition. But the, when the media does it themselves on their own behalf, when they're attacking their competition themselves because they hate YouTube, everyone takes them seriously. It's like, stop it. Like, it's no different than if a company bought, bought press coverage to smear their competition, except the media is doing it themselves. Like, I just don't understand how the, the advertisers need to stop. So, again, the media is just trolling, and the sponsors need to stop pulling their money out. And YouTube has plenty, like, they have YouTube Kids. They have restricted mode. They have a fucking torturous demonetization platform. If you don't want your videos playing on any questionable material, just say, I only want my, my advertisements playing on videos with a, a green monetized coin or even a kid-friendly channel. I want my, my, uh, my ads only playing on YouTube Kids. You're going to be fine. Your ads are not going to be playing on anything questionable. If, if your shit is in YouTube Kids or if it's shown under restricted mode the bots have have scrubbed it it's been manually reviewed it's good so why are you pulling your money out other than you're getting a bunch of twitter mail from a bunch of dipshits who are like they're they're not your customers they're just it's the internet if you just ignore them something shiny will be along in five minutes and they'll they'll go away a perfect example like two weeks ago and i talked about this last week my channel was mass flagged a whole bunch of my videos were put in limited state. Um, I got a bunch of emails from YouTube saying, you know, this video uh, is being put in limited state. This video is uh, being put in adults only. So I, I basically saw what was happening. Um, I went in, and now that my video's already, my channel's demonetized to shit, I just went in and made all my videos age-restricted because if you make them age-restricted, you're less likely to get a strike. So I did that. It took me two fucking hours to set all my videos to age-restricted because you got to do it manually. Pain in the ass. But okay, it was done. And for the last two weeks, nothing's happened. So it's like these Twitter mobs, they have the attention span of a June bug. It's like whatever the, the hot new thing is, they're like, oh, turn flagging monkey says something I don't like and some guy mass flags. But you know what? Someone, someone whose pussy is that sandy, they're going to get pissed off at something else in five minutes. So yeah, they mass flag my channel, and then something else gets their attention, some shiny object in the distance, and they're gone. They're gone to go chase another shiny object, and they're mass flagging someone else's channel. Or they're, there's, there's so much to be offended by. There's just too much in the world to trigger these dipshits. So you just outlast them. You just fucking ignore them. Keep doing what you're doing, and in like a week, they will move on to something else. And no one will even care. The fact that you pulled your advertising won't make a difference. It's not going to affect your bottom line. It's not going to affect shit. So it's like, just just don't. And I know advertisers don't care. The fact that, I mean, look at my sponsors. I have five sponsors. I have five sponsors. How? If I could, like, my, ch my channel <laughs> has five sponsors. So... There are advertisers who will back questionable content. I'm not, not like objectively 
shitty evil content. Like nobody's going to sponsor like ISIS beheading videos or shit like that. But if we're talking about, you know, like someone who's just who just speaks their mind and might trigger some people, fuck those people. There are advertisers who will do business with you. There are advertisers who will do business with YouTube. Honestly, all YouTube needs is a system where the advertisers have more control. I don't mind, you know, YouTube putting different uh, channels and different videos in different categories. Like, you could do it like the threat level system. You remember, like, back when George W. Bush was president, we had the, the threat index of different colors. So let's say a red video is, like, there's titties in it, there's blood and gore. You know, it's, like, whatever. So, you know, you don't want any ads on that. But maybe someone does. Maybe if you're like a sex toy company, you don't care if your your ads are shown on some kind of sexual, ultra-violent video. You know, some kind of M-rated game with all kinds of titties and, and blood. Maybe you don't care. Great. You should give the advertisers the opportunity to let Google know who and who they don't want their advertisers running on. Maybe an advertiser wants their ads running on everything. They don't give a shit. And maybe some advertisers only want their stuff showing on G-rated, green-coined videos where there's, it's not going to go on anything questionable. But it's like Google, like, here's the thing. All the advertisers you're seeing, all like the Dollhouse, MGTOWbooks.com, Flying Tigers, Fond Love, The Rare Breed Theory, none of them are going through Google. They're, going, they're coming directly to me, which means Google is not making money off these ads. The money's coming directly to me. So it, it would make business sense for Google, instead of trying to lump all advertisers into one box and say it's either advertiser-friendly or it's not advertiser-friendly, just have the advertisers decide for themselves like how salty they want their, you know, what kind of videos they want their advertise, advertisements to show on. That just seems like, because the advertisers, they're Google's customers. You and I are not Google's customers. We are the product. I, as the content creator, are making the product. You, as the viewer, you are the product. The advertiser is the customer. So why not give the advertiser more freedom, more options, more tools to make advertising with Google an attractive alternative? Because right now, content creators like me, we're just going directly to the sponsors and we're getting paid directly to the sponsor. And Google's not making any money. If Google just got their shit together and gave this gave the advertisers more freedom, they would make more money. It, it doesn't hurt Google at all. In fact, there was a story during the first adpocalypse. There was someone who was going through Google. I, this is like a Philip DeFranco video. There's a sponsor going through Google who wanted to advertise specifically on Philip DeFranco, and Google told them that, oh, they're not advertiser-friendly. So imagine being an advertiser requesting to put your advertisements on a YouTube channel and being told by Google that channel isn't advertiser-friendly. It's like, bitch, I'm an advertiser. I want to sp I want to put my ads on that person's channel. And they're like, no, you can't. They're not advertiser-friendly. It's like, what fucking world am I living in? Like, I am an advertiser, dumbass. I have money. Do you want my money? Apparently you don't. So they just went directly to Philip DeFranco and say, hey, here's money. I want you to like put an ad in your video directly. And it's even better for the sponsors because you can't skip. Like the banners you're seeing on the screen, they're part of the video. You can't click a little X and make them go away. The ads I play at the end of my videos, they're part of the video. You can't skip them. I mean, you could go to the next video if you want, but it's like 
Google, you're fucking yourself. And you're fucking your actual customers, the sponsors, the advertisers. Like, this is business 101 shit. How can you have, like, all these eggheads at Google? I know you guys are a bunch of lefties. That's fine. Like, I live in, like, fucking the, the heartland of left the leftism, and that's fine. There's a lot of really smart leftist businessmen that I know. And they would agree with me that you don't know how to fucking run your company. So ideology has nothing to do with it. It's just business. Anyway, that's, that's all I got to say about that. All right. So... <laughs> Yeah, so we could do some banana questions. Uh, we don't have a guest today. The guest got, call, I guess, what he called into work. Yeah, he got called into work today, so he's not available for the show this weekend, unfortunately. All right, so we'll do some banana questions. Uh, we'll open up the phone line. This will be a banana question and phone line day. So let's. Oh, uh, what's up? By the way, the same thing. Um, what happened to Halsey happened to Tom Pinoid, only he didn't get a strike. I uh, forgot to mention that. So oh, it doesn't matter oh, yeah. whether you're a big channel or a small channel. Yeah. Uh, I, I, You know, I warned Pinoid about it when he uploaded his video. And so I'm glad he didn't get a strike. Yeah, I called it. I TFM, like, I'm not going to get into it, but I messaged you right after that thing happened, right after the incident happened, because I could tell what they were going to do as soon as it came out, because it's too perfect like i mean i don't know how to talk about it without getting into it but yeah shh, we can't talk about the it. the name is flying tigers gear and we say boycott mexican beer also give some love to aussie human <laughs> yeah human hasn't been around lately i mean I, I guess he's just busy he's been making content so but i know he's been doing a lot of more like outdoorsy stuff you know he's living life uh he's always welcome on the show whenever he's free he just jump in and we could talk about whatever I have a pretty open door policy, but yeah. Uh, okay, so here we'll do a couple banana questions. So first banana question: Why did you not stay in the military until retirement? Uh, because of Obama, frankly. So I was in the military eight years, and Obama was fucking shit up, and I was like, I'm out. Fuck this shit. I'm not putting up with this fucking bullshit. So that that's why. And I, like I knew a lot of guys, like they were basically coming up on retirement, and they were basically saying the same thing happened when Clinton was president. So like they were around like during the original Desert Storm, and they were around during the Clinton years. And basically, whenever a Democrat is president, it really sucks to be in the military. And then when a Republican becomes president, you know, good times are here again. So yeah, I just I did my eight, got my GI Bill, saw shit happening, and I'm like, I'm fucking tapping out. Fuck this shit. But, you know, some, Trump's president, so I I, I don't know. I, I've heard a lot of shit's changed in the military. Plus, we're not at war. Like, back when I went in, uh, w there was wars going on, so things were a little bit different. Um, now that there's not a war going on, the military, for the, a large part, is overstaffed. So what they do when during peacetime is they raise the standards. Like, during war... You know, if you have manageable ADD or mild autism, whatever, like you're high functioning, they'll let you in because they just need need people. But during peacetime, they'll kick your ass out. They don't give a shit. So, like, if you have anything in your medical record, 
or anything wrong with you, they're far less likely to take you if you are um, if it's peacetime. But if there's an active war going on, or not, I mean, we haven't had a real declared war since World War II, and the reason why is because of the treaties. After World War II, we created all kinds of treaties that regulate war. So now, in order to avoid activating all those treaties, we just don't declare war anymore. So it kind of proves the point that, like, any rule you make, we can just get around it. So after World War II, they made all these stupid laws. Like, oh, that war was bad. We need to we need to make these rules so people don't fight wars anymore. We're going to make a bunch of rules, and everyone's going to have to obey these rules. And then there's not going to be any more war. We just we solved war, everyone. And then all that happens is we still have war, but we just don't call it war. So it's like, yeah, good job, dumbass. You really saved the day. <laughs> anyway, okay. Uh, next banana question. Although my school days are long gone, I still would want to know the following. What would be your advice to kids who suffer from bullies? Yeah, so I got picked on when I was when I was little, when I was a wee little monkey. And mostly because I was poor. You know, I grew up in Section 8 housing, raised by a single mother. And this is just like, here's story time with TFM. So when I was growing up, uh, you got your clothes. Like, you went to some warehouse. And you got to pick out a couple pairs of jeans. You got Levi's jeans, name brand jeans. You got Vans shoes, name brand shoes. And you get to pick out, like, three shirts out of, like, a... You had, like, 12 shirts to choose from. You could pick three. And you got those clothes from, like, the welfare office. So it was great, you know, giving poor kids free clothes for school. Here's the problem. All the poor kids wore Levi's jeans, van shoes, and had the same 12 shirts. So it was really easy to spot who was on welfare and who wasn't. So it became like your welfare uniform. So if you were one of the kids on welfare and you were wearing Levi's jeans, van shoes, and one of these 12 shirts that they were giving away at this warehouse, everyone picked on you because they knew you were poor. So I got to deal with that. And what sucks is when you're when you're being picked on, a lot of people don't want to be your friend because they know that there's like social splashback. If they're friends with someone who's unpopular, they'll become less popular. It's like that episode of South Park where Stan, not Stan, Kyle, he made friends with that kid with no friends. And all of a sudden, he was losing friends because no one wanted to be friends with him because he was friends with a kid with no friends. That's basically how... Ki kids are pieces of shit. Kids are assholes. Fucking assholes. And so, yeah, that sucked. So I got got picked on a lot, got in fights a lot. And the worst part... Here's the worst part about getting in fights at school. And I don't know, things have probably changed. A couple things pissed me off. Number one, you get suspended even if you were defending yourself. They didn't differentiate between who threw the first punch and who won the fight. It was like, oh, two kids get into a fight? Suspend them both. We have a zero-tolerance policy. And that's actually because they're tired of parents' bullshit. And they don't want to be judge or, or like, they don't, they just want it to fucking stop. So they just punish everyone. So you get picked on by a bully. And what they do is, uh, instead of hitting you, they do shit like pretend to trip and pour food down your shirt or pour, pour shit on you or, or do something to fuck with you. Um, but like they're, you know, cause stuff that like can be, you know, just whatever waved away as shenanigans so that they don't uh, get in trouble for bullying you. And then of course, if you like, I don't know, like grab a sharp rock and hit him in the temple, then you're the asshole. Like, you know, ain't that some shit? Like I remember there's a fun story. So, uh, I was in middle school and I had a girlfriend, you know, like it, I wasn't like, 
horny. It wasn't like that kind of thing. It was just like, you know, you mimic what you see. So you see like, you know, relationships. And so you're just like, oh yeah, I have a little girlfriend. It's just a cute little innocent relationship. No, no sexual component or anything. But uh, my girlfriend got hit some, you know, whatever, like one of those mean girls, like the, the, the female bully. Uh, she like hit my girlfriend. So my girlfriend came up and she was crying. I'm like, what happened? It's like, oh, this, you know, this girl hit me. And so I, I walked up and that girl, she was surrounded by these guys who were basically a couple years older than me. So they'd kind of already started their growth spurts. They were like twice my size. And she had this smug look on her face like, oh, what are you going to do? And I just like tiger uppercutted her like fucking like Sagat. Just boom. And she she just went down. She didn't even flinch. Like, you know, you square up on a man and they're going to flinch. They're like, they're going to get ready. Like they're expecting something. You know, as a as, when you're a man, you expect a sucker punch. When you're a woman, you're like, oh, no one's going to hit me. I have a vagina. So I fucking tiger uppercutted her. And she went flying, like hit the ground. She Like when I eventually got sent to the office, she had two ice packs. One on the back of her head where she hit the concrete and one under her chin where she uh, she got the uppercut. She had like one ice pack on under her chin and one ice pack on the top of her head. And she was bawling. And um, I didn't really give a shit. I thought it was hilarious. It's just whatever don't fucking hit people you know fucking don't start none won't be none obviously i got suspended obviously but uh yeah mm. anyway so but you get in fight wait I, I know this is like a rambling story Here, here's the thing that pisses me off though so you get in fights and then people try to kick your ass because you beat up someone that they know or are related to. Like, this guy picks a fight with you, you kick his ass. And then his brother wants to fight you. And then his friend wants to fight you. And then it's like this endless chain of random people. And you don't even know who the fuck they are. But because you beat someone up, like, months ago. It's it's like a fucking fighting game. It's like a tournament fighter where you got, like, the, you got, like, the brackets. And you, you're like Mortal Kombat. Like the old Mortal Kombat games. You got, like, this pillar... Of fighters yeah. you gotta go through until you reach fucking Shang Tsung. It was like that, except there was no end. It was just endless. Like, I gotta beat up everyone. And then, of course, when they realize they can't take you one-on-one, -on -one, they try to surround you and they try to, like, box you in, do that whole, like, oh, let's you know, let's get them. So what I had to do then is I had to pick up, like, a handful of dirt when I would leave the... Like, when I go from one class to another, I'd have to pick up a little handful of dirt and walk with the dirt in my hand. And if I saw people starting to surround me, I'd just look at who the smallest one of them was, throw the dirt in their eye, and then i just hit them as hard as I could, push them out of the way, and fucking run. That, that was fun. But then they started expecting it, so I'd have to fake one of them out and throw the dirt at someone else and hit them in the face instead. So one guy, he'd expect the dirt, and he'd flinch, and everyone would look, get dinner, oh, he threw his dirt, get him, and then he'd get the dirt. You, you know, you gotta, <laughs> it's like Sun Tzu, you gotta know your enemy and know yourself. The problem is, that shit got old real quick, I got just tired of fighting. You know, it's just like, I hated school, I hated bullies, anyone who's like, oh, bullies teach you how to be tough, fuck you. It taught me, I hate school. I fucking hated school with a passion. I'm so I hated glad. It too. Yeah, like yeah. I remember when when I was graduating high school. I'm sorry, Shogun. Let me just last story, and then you could jump in. When I was graduating high school, all these people were crying, and they wanted people to sign their yearbook. I couldn't wait. Fuck school. I didn't buy a yearbook. I didn't buy a class ring. I didn't buy a fucking varsity jacket. Fuck all that shit. I couldn't wait to get out of that fucking hellhole. Yeah, you and I both. I didn't care about any of that stuff. 
And I mean, I, I mean, I always hated school, especially when I was taken out of a good neighborhood and, and brought to this, oh, well, taken out of a completely one different state to another state was just filled with a bunch of ghetto trash. I had never even, I never knew what a ghetto was. I mean, I was essentially that, <laughs> that kid. Remember, remember we were telling us about that kid who, who wanted to be a businessman. So his mom got him like a mini suit oh, and a mini briefcase. That, that's a heartbreaking story. That's a heartbreaking yeah, story. Yes. That, that was literally me. Oh, in, in many cases. Because right. I was I grew, the one I grew that was up in the fucking ghetto. Fuck you, Shogun. I grew up in the ghetto. I'm taking your black card away. Hey, I, I know what it's like to live in the ghetto, too. I didn't initially grow up in the ghetto for the first eight years of my life. But hey, I know what it's like to live in the ghetto and everybody hates you and you don't even know why. You're wondering, well, what did I even do to you guys? Why are you guys constantly coming at me? And, I mean, it, it took me a while to figure it out. But yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But where I lived, the, the fighting in schools were so bad. Now, there was fighting every single day. And the principal was just having a tough time trying to figure out, how do I get this under control? What exactly am I supposed to do? So then he finally just came to the conclusion and said that, okay, if you fight at this school, then you're going to get arrested. So, I mean, I knew that I had to avoid fights at all costs because I knew I couldn't afford to get suspended. I knew I couldn't afford to get expelled, and I definitely knew I couldn't afford to get uh, a criminal record, especially being the black kid, because in a sense, I mean, in, in that sense, you already have two strikes against you anyway. So right. I had to do whatever I could to puss out of fights. I hated it. Well, let me I tell you, school. let me tell you how ghetto my school was. Like the first day of school, um, there weren't enough desks for everyone. So there were about like, I don't know, about 10 or so kids who had to basically sit on a counter at the back of the classroom because there weren't any desks. But then like a month or two into school, desks would open up. And then by the end of class, the, the classroom would only be half full because the kids were being shot. Like they were being yep. killed in gang violence. What they did is they overstacked the classrooms, knowing that about 50% of the class would be dead Jesus by the end of the school Christ. year. Yeah, you know what? Um, I had a similar experience to that, although it wasn't nearly that bad. But you'll notice that when we went to pep rallies, it's like the freshman classes, they would always be so big that that when we went to the gymnasium, that they you couldn't fit them all in the stands. But with every every ascending class, you'll notice that they'll get smaller and smaller to the point where like the senior class was just often to this one side. And there was hardly anybody there because you had so many people dropping out um, doing um, because of drugs or skipping yeah. school, just flunking out. And some people, yeah, some people just died. Um, I knew one guy that that I had known for a long time who who just got one day he just got shot. I did, and it just took me by surprise. I knew that guy for I don't know how long. Yeah. So well, so so it, yeah. It, what sucked? Here's what's stupid. So and I saw this. The gangs, the actual gangbangers, not just the wannabes, not the guys just listening to rap music and sagging their pants. The ones who were actually Bloods and Crips, they were the most popular kids in school. Everyone wanted to be their friend because, so like, it's a self fulfilling prophecy. You're glamour. You're literally saying joining a gang is the fast track to being popular. And to teenagers, that's all they care about. They just want to be popular. So you got kids joining gangs to be popular. And then they're getting killed because it's like, imagine, let's say you're like, you're like actually a hard ass thug. 
you know, you've done time. You got the, the teardrop tattoo and everything. And you got some fucking freshman from high school. Like, you're going to blow his ass away. It's like fucking, remember Coney and his little child army over in Africa? It's like that kind of shit. Like, what the fuck are these? These are kids. And it's just, they're joining actual no-shit gangs, and they're getting killed by adults with guns. It's like, you are fucking stupid. And then everyone was, like, supporting it. I mean, not the teachers, not the institution, but, like, the culture in the high school was supporting this idea of, like, joining a gang was cool. And you were popular if you joined a gang and everyone wanted to be your friend and all the girls wanted your number. And like, yeah, and these girls, like, and the girls would all be fucking the drug dealers. Like, we, we had a, um, we had a maternity ward in the school for all the single mothers to be able to, like, go to school. So basically the mom would come with her baby, drop it off at the nursery, then go to school and then pick her baby up and go home. So there was like a daycare at a fucking high school for all the single mothers fucking shithole like this is why here's the thing everyone's like oh you hate the poor yeah i've because i've fucking seen them i've lived among them anyone who's like who, their heart bleeds for the poor either you're like you've never met a poor person you've never been poor like you think poor people are like some fable you hear and like you know some kind of a uh, fairy tale like the fabled poor who are who are disenfranchised and exploited by the evil rich people Try living in the fucking ghetto. Live in the ghetto for one year. And then tell me how much compassion you have for them after a year. They're pieces oh. of shit. Pieces of oh, fucking shit. Believe me, I had minimal to no compassion for any of them. I didn't <laughs> care if they were my quote-unquote fellow black people or not. They were some of the worst and scummiest people I have ever known. Even to the day... I mean, some of them, they were, they were trash until the day they died or trash until the day that reality finally hit them in the face after they got X, some STD, like a million and one kids they can't take care of because child support is pretty much put them on the street and, mm. and, and all, and all, and all sorts of other problems. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, the thing is, this is why I just wanted, to, I wanted to be out. I wanted to be done. I never wanted to see these motherfuckers again. And the beautiful thing is like, yeah, you never see them again. The, their lives end like they peak in high school they basically destroyed their lives for popularity in high school and then they go to prison they go to jail they sit on welfare and do drugs and and that's it that's the end of their story fuck those fuck those people i have yeah, it's, zero compassion for them fuck them it's like those boost commer boost mobile commercials where they say and the rest was history <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Okay, uh, so that's my that was my long rambling thing about bullies in school. <laughs> Opened yeah. up a pretty a pretty yeah. dark wound. No, yeah. Well, I've gone down that rabbit hole far too many times. Had yeah. conversations with even even other people about this. Now, like, okay, now back when I was homeless, I no, there were a, a hundred. There were a handful of people that live within transitional housing, and basically, it's like all they, all their glory days were like the stuff they did in high school. They're like thirty or forty um, years old, maybe <laughs> like older. Uncle and they're Rico. talking about, yeah, and and they're like talking about like what they did on the football team, or or maybe what they did in college football, or something like that. And that was basically their only glory day, only to find themselves homeless, broken down, 
wondering why they can't get ahead in life because they because they decide to do drugs or or do something else stupid. Yeah, and that type of culture is kind of sad. Um, hold on. Brenton Tarrant did nothing wrong. Okay, I assume that's related to the incident, so I'm not going to comment on that. I actually haven't like. I got the gist of what happened, and then I'm content to just not talk about it. So I don't know who that is. I assume that's the guy. So we're not going to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah. So there you go. Thank Hokey. Thank you for the donation. But uh, in Japan, all the a lot of the anime is high school based anime because a lot of people in Japan like, you know, high school is the best part of their lives. Just, oh, that's so sad to think that a lot of people yeah. think that because high school it's, is like fucking stupid. It's such a waste of time. It's basically like borderline daycare for older kids and the, well, the fact that you think that that's your best moment in life so there's stupid. a reason for that no it's okay there's a reason why japan has this fixation with high school it's because it's the last time life had any hope because as soon as a man graduates from high school he becomes a company man and he works like 60 hour weeks and he's you know he eats sleeps and breathes work like he's not he can't have a life um, like you don't see your family, even if you choose to have one. Um, in fact, in Japan, like it's just it's just a normal thing for the wives to have boyfriends on the side and everything because the husband works so much. It's like it's just in the re here's the reason why, because Japan is trying to compete um, from a production standpoint with countries with a lot more people. So Japan just doesn't have the people to be as productive. Like they're trying to compete with the United States. Now, the United States has, like, hundreds of millions of people. Japan does not. So they're trying to overcompensate in order to compete with countries much larger and much more populous than the United States. And Like, it worked. Japan has a very advanced, uh, you know, standard of living. Um, they have a very modern country. But because they don't have the population to actually produce, they can't spread the work around. The men, they have this thing called uh, Hiroshi or Kuroshi. It's basically you work yourself to death. So you either kill yourself because you have, you basically work. There was a bus driver who worked like five days in a row with no sleep and just killed over dead. Because he was like doing all kinds of drugs and energy drinks to try to stay awake to just work nonstop hours. And he just died. And that's like... They have a word for it. It's, it happens so much, they have a word for it in Japan. And the thing is, is Japan, you don't have enough people to sustain this level of productivity. And you're also shrinking. Because here's the thing. When you're working those crazy hours, you're not blowing your, your sperm into a woman's pussy and having kids. And of course, now the government, they're doubling down by trying to promote women to enter the workforce, which they've already done. And they're trying to make it easier for the women to work. And it's destroying their fertility rate. So it's like it's the ultimate example of a short term solution, which is exacerbating the long term problem. The root problem in Japan is they don't have enough people. If they had more people, they could spread the work around, but they don't have enough people. And they're trying to make up for this deficit of workers by getting the women to go to work, which is causing the fertility to completely shit the bed. It's like this doesn't end well. And I know they're like, God bless Japan. They are on the bleeding edge when it comes to robotics and automation because they have to be. Necessity is the mother of invention. So, you know, if, if anyone like, you know, the next waifu bot is going to come from Japan, you know, again, God bless those people. But the, the cost is they're going to go extinct. 
And the solution, either they need, well, they need to get women out of the workforce. They need to, and they, they, what they need to do is they need to cut back on, I understand like, oh, but you know, we need to have this productivity. We have this standard living. You don't have the people. So you need to like, let it go. You cannot compete with the United States. Just let it go. Work regular hours, raise families, let it go. You don't have to be on the United States' level. You could be on the level of like a lower tier European country. And you could have but once you have the numbers, then you can then you can like rise up. You can do all kinds of great stuff, but you don't have the numbers to be as productive as a country like the United States because you don't have the people. It's just a numbers game. So get your numbers up. It's like I don't know. It just it it's so obvious, but um, people people just have trouble letting go because there's this whole thing in the '90s they called it like the Japanese miracle or whatever, where the the Japanese economy just skyrocketed, and they they made all kinds of mistakes. They had like the lost decade where they had a big they had a decade long economic recession. The government is trying to solve a problem and maintain Japan's economy, but they don't have enough workers to sustain it. And because they're very nationalistic, like they are like the alt-right's poster child for what they want. They're a very nationalistic, ethno ethnocentric nation, and they're dying. So, Japan, you got some hard choices to make. You simply cannot... You can't keep. You can't do this. Your pe your people are killing. The, you're working yourselves to death, and you're going extinct. And the, what piss, the only that really pisses me off is they're trying to blame sex dolls. They're like, oh, sex dolls are driving the Japanese extinct. Fuck you. No, they're not. It's a symptom. It's like blaming MGTOW. Oh, MGTOW is causing the extinction of the white race. No, it isn't. Feminism is. Get rid of feminism. Oh, I, we can't do that. That's not that's not going to happen. Then shut up. You clearly don't give a shit about the the actual problem. <sighs> Another good question. We have all kinds of good questions. Let's see. In uh, in four more minutes, we'll turn on. Oh, we'll do it at the top of the hour because we we still have some banana questions to go through. Um, any tips on how to get along with men? How's this outlook with men? It is always a competition. But it's often up to you whether it's a friendly competition. Kind of. Like, honestly, when it comes to, like, men don't just generally get along with other men for no reason. And it is because of the dominance instinct. You have to have something in common. Like, if you're co-workers, it's very easy to be friends with co-workers because it's obvious to see the benefits of having a positive relationship with your co-workers. That way they could help you uh, if you need them to. There's a reason for you to be friends with them. Um, and also, if you have a common goal, or you're on a team together, or something, you're on a sports team, uh, you have to have some type of shared interest. The best way to make friends with other men is to do something together. Like, this is why, uh, what's his, god, I can't remember his name. Uh, shit, he was a YouTuber, It's a MGTOW YouTuber. He used to do videos with him shaving all the time. Now I can't remember his name. It just completely escapes me. No, it wasn't Louis Marco. Anyway, but there was this. Uh, it'll 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 come to me like tomorrow. I'll wake up in the middle of the Paul Proteus. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, Paul Proteus. He would do these he would do these videos, and he'd be shaving, 
And the reason why is, like, you'd be like, dude, like, be professional. Why are you shaving and recording a video? That's so unprofessional. Men bond by doing something together. Like, this is why things like the Boy Scouts were important. Because what did the Boy Scouts do? They did shit together. We're going to go camping. We're going to shoot bows and arrows. We're going to make a fire out of sticks. You do shit together. You bond. You become friends. You just get a bunch of men in a room together and say, now make friends. No one's going to fucking do anything. They're going to look around and be like, so what do you do? Yeah, you know, I work at McDonald's. Uh, yeah, so what do you do? Oh, I work at a grocery store. No. You need people to do something together, and that's how men bond. See, women bond just by default. You get women in a room, and they'll just chit-chat with each other, and they'll form little cliques, and, and they'll be you know, sharing all kinds of stupid shit. But guys need something to do. Just like uh, boys learn by doing. Like, if you want a, a boy to learn something, you got to, like, let him try it out. Like, give him something that he could take apart and put back together, and he'll learn it. But if you just, like, spit out information and tell him to memorize it, he's going to have a very hard time learning that information. But if you cause him to apply it, you know, kinetically or, you know, just some kind of physical application, he'll get it. So, yeah, that's why school is shit, when it, especially for boys. But that's how you get along with men. That's how you make friends is you got to do something together. So if you're like a if you're a person who just stays home all day on on the internet or whatnot, you're probably not going to make any friends. I mean, you can hang out on my Discord, we can chit-chat, but if you actually want to like have, have someone to do stuff with, like you want to go out to a restaurant, you don't want to eat alone, you want to go to a concert, you want to do something as a group, you got to do something. You got to find a group that you can do something with that you like. And you don't have to like Here's a big misconception when it comes to friends. A lot of people think that you have to, you know, to have a friend, you have to have all this stuff in common. You got to, like, be yourself. No. You know, you, when it comes to friends, a lot of times you just want to keep the friendship for what it is. So, like, I have friends that were, you know, at my job and we hang out, like, during work parties and we talk and we, we catch up. We have, we have chit-chat. Um, but we don't talk about politics. We certainly don't talk about like red pill stuff because they're coworkers and that would probably jeopardize my job. So the point is, is it's okay to have friends that, and but yet still have a part of you that they don't know about and vice versa. You can have casual friends. You can have acquaintances. You can have work friends. You can have friends that you have that you just, that are fun people to be, to do stuff with. And that's really all that you go out with them. You have a good time. Hey man, I'll see you next weekend. And then that's it. And you don't like have hour long conversations about your past and you don't talk about personal shit with them. They're just kind of like guys you hang out with because they're fun to hang out with. Everybody likes people who are fun to hang out with, by the way. If you're like the kind of person who like the second you get into a group, you start like spilling your soul. You're like bearing your soul to strangers talking about like all the people who did you wrong and, and how sad you are. No one's going to want to hang out with you. People want to hang out with people who are, have positive energy and who are fun to be around. So, like, whatever inner demons you're fighting, you need to keep that shit buried deep down in your heart. Fucking only let that shit crack when you're around people, like, that you trust and, and who, you know, whatever. But that's something that, like, you only have a very small handful of friends that are on that level. And that's okay. But, so, it, it, you're not, it's whatever. But, yeah, friends are important. Uh, just, just so you can get out, you know, because it does get lonely just sitting in an empty house all day. All right, how are we doing on time? So nine more minutes, and then we will open up the phone lines. See what other good questions we got going on. 
Um, let's see. Oh, God, okay. Per this is a good question because I have personal experience with this. Um, person's writing, um, I'm curious about how to deal with supervisors, managers in general, ragging on your work performance, even though you're one of the most productive and hardest working ones there. Do you just put it in your two weeks and apply to another job? Or is it better for them to find a reason to fire you so that you can just collect unemployment? Thoughts? Yeah, I've been there. So story time with TFM again. Hooray. So I was the uh, project manager of an entire group of people because I was the subject matter expert. And like this is back when I was a contractor. So I had like people in the military. I had other contractors working under me. Um, there wasn't like an official hierarchy, but I just knew everything and I did the work and everyone just kind of followed me because I clearly knew my shit and everything ran like a well-oiled machine. And then this uh, this woman got hired. Now, when I got out of the military, I was an E6. When she got out of the military, she was an E7 because diversity is our strength. She didn't do half the shit I did. Uh, she didn't have half the medals I have, but she got promoted over me because of her vagina. And she thought because... Uh, back when we were in the Navy, she would have outranked me that she should be in charge. But she didn't know shit. And we weren't in the military anymore. We were just civilians, you know, working, at, you know, contractors. So she decided she was going to get me fired. So, like, you know, when you're a contractor, the work is pretty easy. I'm not going to lie. I've never been paid so much to do so little. So there were, like, times where we didn't do shit. But we still had to show up to work. You had to work your hours. But there wasn't jack shit to do. So we'd watch TV and just fucking talk and shoot the shit. Um, and as long as the work was done, I didn't give a fuck. So we all had a great time. This The entire time this was happening, even though she was laughing and enjoying it, she was, like, taking notes and, like, making a notebook of all the times that, like, we were slacking off because, you know, she was trying to get me fired. So after, what I don't know, however many months, she decided to drop this phone book of uh, notes that she said, not to my boss, to my boss's boss. And so they fired me because of all this, all the shenanigans I've done. So I get fired. She gets put in charge. Everything goes straight to shit. And uh, the other people begged my former boss to hire me back. Like, you got to get him back. He was the glue holding this whole thing together. And he was like, I can't. There's like this thick phone book of reports. I can't, I can't hire him back. There's just no way. So the entire project was scrapped. Everyone got fired, including her. So the moral of the story is it like, and I, there's a thing, this is a, a big red pill that I had to swallow. Being the best at your job is not job security. Being essential for your job is not job security. It doesn't matter how important you are. It doesn't matter if you are the most important person, you can still be fired. Unless you own the business, you are not unfireable. Yeah, so, I, um, something similar happened to me, I want to say, like, last year. I had a security job, and I got forced out and set up by, like, the, the one woman on the security team. So it's, like, me and two other dudes. It was, like, a loss prevention job. So, we're like, we're, we're doing the work because she can't apprehend anybody. She's a fucking woman. And yeah. so she gets me forced out. And then because the workload is more on the two remaining guys because now they have to make the same number of apprehensions with less people. Um, you know, they, the one guy left cause it was too much. And now it's just one dude and the girl, and he's been there for 11 years. And because he's by himself, uh, you know, he fucks up on the job 
because he has to do all the work by himself because um, she can't do any of the physical work. And so he breaks like protocol and then he gets fired. So now it's just her doing like loss prevention in like one of the top department stores for that company in the whole country. And it's just fucking the numbers are horrible and fucking shoplifting everywhere. So I think supervisors will throw you under the bus, even no matter how much uh, value you bring, because at the end of the day, they're just trying to save their own ass. Yep. Um, and they're between a rock and a hard place because, you know, they're not going, they would rather risk low productivity than open up a lawsuit with, with uh, gynocentrism, you know, when the women pull that card. So they'd well, rather just take their chances and find another fucking valuable worker than sit there and, and die on that hill to save productivity instead well, of taking that risk. Here's the problem. The only people who really care about productivity are the shareholders or if you're working for a small business the owner because they benefit from your productivity tangibly but your manager their salary they don't get paid more or less based on your numbers they might get yelled at but if their numbers are low they'll just hire new people so getting rid of you if the numbers tank they'll just hire new people they don't see that as a problem they don't lose any money now the owner now what's fucked up is when like when the company loses the contract because their numbers were so bad and then everyone gets fired. So basically there's nothing you can do uh, unless you work for a very small company where the owner knows you and like you work directly for the owner because the owner gives a shit about your productivity. But at that point, just you're probably ex an executive. If you know the owner of a company, you're probably already an executive, which means you're not going to get fired unless you really fuck up. But yeah, it's just, yeah. Just, so Unfortunately, if they're if you're a really productive employee and you're getting written up all the time, you're being reprimanded all the time, your days are numbered. So dust off the old resume, start looking for another job. Don't wait until you're laid off either. Uh, in fact, it's actually better for you to look for a job while you're employed. That looks a lot better than saying I was laid off. Um, I could start whenever you want me. It's much better to say, well, I'm currently working at so and so, um, but I'd like I'm, I'm looking for another opportunity. It just I'm not a good fit for that company. I'm you know I'm really impressed with your company. I'd like to work for you. Here's my resume. Um, I can start. I'm just gonna have to put in two weeks with my current company, but I'd really like to 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 work for you. That sounds a lot better than I haven't worked in three months. I really need this job because yeah, and it's also good for your interview because you're not nervous. You know, you have that right. abundance mentality for your job interview because you couldn't give a shit if you don't get it because you already have a job. That's why it's pretty, even if you're not looking for a job, it's good to still interview and get some practice if you're in a and, comfortable position. And here's what's funny. So there was a contract company that I quit. To, 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 I did exactly that. I saw the writing on the wall. I, I moved to a different company. And then when the shit happened and everyone got fired, then they called me back and they wanted me to like head up some other thing. And I, But I already had something better going on. So the, the thing is, if you jump ship yourself before you're fired... Let the like basically this woman wants to be in charge because she has a vagina and she watched a you know she watched some speech by Hillary Clinton and she thought women rule the world and women could do it all and so she thought she's gonna get you fired and she's gonna do it all because she she's a girl and girl power and then she finds out she can't and everything goes to shit and they fire her they're probably gonna call you back or they're gonna attempt to call you back. Going back to the no friends thing, the reason men bought sex dolls to take the edge off. People alone in Alaska bought from Real Doll. 
Now dolls are cheaper and better quality. Hashtag just get a doll from dolls are man's best friend. Yep. Oh, you know, I learned this uh, watching that um, NPR doc, not even documentary, it's a podcast. Uh, the first sex dolls were made like in the, like, I can't remember, like the 1500s or 1700s, something like way back in the day, like colonial times for sailors. So they would make sex because, you know, you're floating around on the ocean for a long time. You got, you know, you, you got a you're hurting for a squirt. What about all the uh, sailors stories about having women on boats? Well, yeah, you know, they would obviously rape, pillage and plunder, too. But you have to hit shore to rape, pillage and plunder. What if you're going to be gone for like a few weeks or, you know, maybe a month? You know, yeah, you, I'm just you, saying like, if they needs. thought having a woman on board was bad luck. Then you think having like an inanimate one would be like some kind of religious superstition. Oh, well, no, actually, because you look, remember the, a lot of those old boats they actually had wood carved naked women on the front of the boat. So, no, they were all about some some wooden titties. And that's really what they are. They were usually, like, just bundles of clothes in the approximate shape of a human body. Maybe with some seashell titties or something like that. No, that's but, all you yeah, need. That's all you need, you know? You, you, the imagination takes over. But, yeah, those are, like, the first sex dolls were sailors way back, like, hundreds of years ago. There you go. You know, a rich history. All right. Okay. And so that is all the banana questions for now. And we will, I still need to make an intro, but okay. Let us, let us call forth the tism. The call in number is star 67. That hides your, your, um, your caller ID. Cause I don't want anyone to dox themselves. So star six, seven, three, zero, seven, four, six, six, zero, zero, seven, eight. And we can talk about whatever. So, but we're waiting for our first caller. Let's see if there's any quick banana questions we can answer. Okay, this is an interesting question. Um, this person wants to know how to become... Oh, hold that thought. We have a caller. Alright, give me a second to add Hermit and Shogun. Go ahead and mute the stream. While I add them to All the right, call. Type is loading. All right. Oh yeah, just hold on. Gotta, gotta let let uh, Shogun and Hermit connect. All right. Yeah, well, Hermit was still booting up his Skype. All right. Welcome to Turd Flingy Monkey Show. How are you? I'm fine. I've been meaning to talk to you for a long time. Can you please mute your stream? Um, I don't hear the stream. I don't have a stream. I, I hear an echo. Um, I don't. It might, hmm. it might, it might go away. I've heard that that happened. It's like a a, a Skype thing, so it might go away. Oh, okay. Just, Skype just has to sync right. up on your end. Okay, we'll see. All right. Anyway, okay. So, what's up? How can I help you? Um, have you heard? Have you heard about this whole thing of angry Mikto? He's right here calling Mito terrorists and all this other bullshit. Well, well, okay. All right. Well, first of all, I've hit my drama quota for two, 2019. Like, I'm, I don't want to... I'm not interested in starting drama or getting into the drama. So if we could avoid individual... Like, here's a good quote. You know, um, great minds talk about ideas, mediocre minds talk about events, and small minds talk about people. 
So let's not talk about people. Let's talk about ideas. So rather than like, hey, have you heard about this guy? Let's talk shit. You just let's talk about the ideas behind the personality and keep the keep it to like a higher level so we don't become a big drama farm. Here, here's here's the whole thing. I don't right. get these white masters want to holler all about degeneracy and all this other bullshit. Yeah. I mean, because number one, they they where, where the fuck are they when the men are being screwed over in the family courts? Well, they're they're cocks. What do you want? Yeah. So the white nationalists, when they talk about degeneracy, uh, they'll never take women's rights away. Uh, what they do is they attack MGTOW and they attack they attack sex dolls. Ooh, that triggers the shit out of them. Uh, they're basically trad cucks. Uh, they're the trad. They basically take uh, your standard Christian trad cuck and then throw it, sprinkle in some racism, and that's basically all they are. They're not inter- like they say they're for like you know saving the white race from demographic collapse, but then when you point out like you got to take women's rights away, my dude, like here's all the stats. Here's it. Feminists will admit empowered women don't have kids. They will say that in order to fight global warming and overpopulation, you need to empower women because that's how you that's how you lower the fertility rate. So your women being empowered is what's killing your race. So how is that MGTOW's fault? How is uh, getting rid of sex dolls and porn and anime, how is that going to raise your fertility rate when you refuse to disempower your women? And they just spam Pepe memes at you. That's all. Yeah. I mean, like Renegade Tribune and all the rest of those motherfuckers. Anyway, it's so bad. I'd rather, I'd, I'd rather have a damn robot than a real woman. And that's well, the fucking truth. Right. So, look, don't don't let it get under your skin. Like, if a, uh, if some evangelical Christian was like, oh, MGTOW is Satan and uh, sex dolls are the devil, like, you wouldn't listen to them because they're clearly retarded. So you would just, you just walk away. Uh, hold on, waifu privilege. Kind of disappointed to see a bunch of people who normally complain about welfare suddenly support Yang Gang because at least whites will get to be. Goes to show the power of gives me dad is too strong. <laughs> yeah, well, some pe- actually some people, they're supporting the Yang Gang and UBI because they see what I see, that it will accelerate the collapse and lead to the purge. But my advice to them is that's really stupid because what you want is you want to take the time that you have to prepare, save yourself, save other people. You shouldn't be hastening the collapse because a lot of people are going to die. You know, every day the collapse doesn't happen is another day we can save a life. So I don't want I want the collapse to happen far into the future. Uh, the, The sooner it comes, the fewer lives we can save. So, yeah, you shouldn't be trying to hasten it. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Okay, back to know, what you're saying. I don't know about you, Turb, but I, whenever I hear these divorce rate stories, I get so fucking angry. Oh. It fills me with just rage. Well, okay. At an extreme level. All right. Well, okay. So, huh? have you read? Have you? Well, not read. Have you watched my videos about the red pill grief cycle? Uh huh. Right. So you know. You're basically in like the red pill rage, which is fine. Look, righteous anger is not a bad thing. The, the way the system destroys men and enslaves them and doesn't give a fucking shit about the very men that they rely on for their survival is fucking bullshit. But, like, you can't do anything about it. And so your anger is only, all it's doing, like, 
anger without a point, if you can't direct that anger at something productive to actually solve the problem, you're just wasting your energy and you're, you're basically harming yourself. So eventually you have to come to terms with the fact that the system's fucked and there's nothing you can do about it. Getting angry isn't going to save anybody. Uh, trying to fight the system isn't going to work. Going out in a blaze of glory isn't going to work. What can work is saving individual men. You can't save the men who've already been fucked. But you can save the men, warn them, try to save their lives, and that can be your new thing. So you eventually That's have to. I'll try to do up a school. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. I tried to. I tried to do that up a school up in my school, which I don't want to dox myself. I ain't gonna say where, but I tried to do that. But they're all like, "Well, no, women are like that. You just gotta find the right woman." Right. Not so, my woman. I tried to right, warn so, them. Well, all right. So you move on. Look. It's triage. You know what your triage is, right? When you like, let's say you're a doctor and there's like a natural disaster and there's hundreds of people coming into the hospital. They're all like suffering from different injuries. You got to just quickly like, okay, you go over there, you go over there, you go over there. So there are going to be some people who have very superficial injuries. They can go sit in the waiting room. The people who have life-threatening injuries, they need to go straight into surgery. And the people who are just fucked, like they're going to die, they need to just go in a room. And, and go die because we can't help you. We don't have enough staff to help you. And we have to use our valuable resources to save the people who we can save. So if you're like, oh, man, my girl loves me. It ain't like that, dog. Like, you know, my girl never do that. She ain't like that. She's She she was raised with good Christian morals. Okay, you just push them aside and you, you, move, you look on. They're, they're fucked. So you move on. You look for someone else that you can save. So it, it sucks when the very people that you care the most about are fucked, but such is life. So you move on, you, you, it's triage. You gotta move on from the people you can't save, focus on the people you can save. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, and I heard, I saw you in a video the other day about how the family course is evil. I'm like, why aren't the Christians hollering about that? That's sorcery, that's fucking witchcraft. Sit around here, use a man's children. I don't know about witchcraft. Who he was well, the reason why, well, there's, there's a couple reasons why. Um, the main reason why Christians don't speak out for, like, men's rights is because uh, they don't want to lose their nonprofit status. You know, if, if they get too political, they might lose their nonprofit status. So the, the Christian church, the modern Christian church is absolutely cucked. It's, it's fucked. Uh, there are some fundamentalist branches of Christianity. Yeah, like there's maybe the Orthodox Christians who are, they're more about the patriarchy, but they manage their own shit. So it's like the patriarchal Orthodox Christians manage their own shit. And the progressive ones, they're a bunch of cucks. Recently had a co-worker reference MGTOW by name. He's one of us, but I still didn't let my own cat out of the bag. Should I talk about Fight Club, or keep my identity hidden <coughs> even from a fellow MGTOW? Waifus for life, suckers. Well, just because he mentioned, just because he's heard of MGTOW doesn't mean he's a MGTOW. There's a lot of people who know they've heard MGTOW, but doesn't mean like they are. The, in, the, in fact, if your coworker is openly saying MGTOW, then chances are they're very new to the community. And some people like they wander into MGTOW. It sounds good at first. And then they hear something offensive, like take women's rights away, for example. And then they like, oh, no, fam, that ain't for me. That ain't it. And then they're out. So the problem with doxing yourself is you can't undox yourself. It's like losing your virginity. Yeah. Once you tell your coworker yeah, who you right. are, 
if you have a fault, like, I mean, personal experience, like, you know, I, again, we're not going to name names, but I had a really close friend that I love like a brother fucking stabbed me in the back out of nowhere. And imagine if I had doxed myself to him. But I, I like, I, I've heard this song before, so I knew not to dox myself. But a younger me may have doxed himself to him just because, you know, we had a really good bond. And then, lo and behold, just some bullshit happens, and he stabs me in the back. And let's say he, he, he can now spread my dox and fuck me over all kinds of ways. There's nothing I can do to stop him because I doxed myself to him. And this happens all the time. People, like, they have friends, they dox themselves to their friends, thinking, oh, we're going to be best buds for life. And then something happens, usually a woman. It's almost always a woman. Some fucking pussy comes in, they get a sniff of that estrogen, and they're gone. And, you know... That, and, that's, yeah, those men up. are fucking pathetic. That is fucking evil to backstab your best friend over some pussy. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, sure, we, we can... We can be all morally indignant about it, but it's simply a fact of life. You know, you just, you can't ever see, I've, I've lost a lot of best friends in my life. So that's why you just don't dox yourself to people. Even if they're people that you, you think you have a good, you're really good with and you, they would never betray you. You never know. And so it's just better just not I to. So if, so if I were you, um, if I had a coworker talking about MGTOW, I would just shut the fuck up. Um, I wouldn't dox myself. Yeah. I, I wouldn't talk about Fight Club. That that would just yeah. Me I can see no one in the Bible. I can see why he flooded the whole lot while the whole earth was fucking flooded because human beings are shit bags. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People are stupid. But and, 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 and that's why I'm. Not, that's why I don't feel bad when the robots are when the sex robots are taking over because. People are not. People are not waking up. People are just willfully falling for stuff. So yeah, robots need to take over. Especially <laughs> the women are going to keep buying bullshit like the globalists are uh, feeding the women. It's the reason why they're letting women have all this fucking power because they want to destroy men, get the minds of the women, the men and the children to fall. That's why they give women all the power to do all this shit. That they well, yeah. Society. Well, yeah. Women are easier to control than men. And but here's it's kind of funny. Exactly. So if you control the women. The women will control the men. Well, the average man. The average sheep. The average cuck. So the government controls men by controlling the women because these cuck men will, be, will allow them, they'll submit to women. And when the government controls the women, I mean, this, look at the black community, perfect example. The, the government caused black women to stab their own men in the back and betray them and throw them under the bus for a welfare check. And the black community has only been getting worse and worse by the generation. Are you... Are you doing a bong? No, no. What is that sound? Are you, are you ripping one over there? No, no, I was trying to put some stuff up. That's okay. what I'm doing. All right. Hey, God. Okay, yeah, black woman betrayed the man. That's what oh. she did. She fucking... Did that shit and they get me. That's why they put these men on child support. And that dude, remember that dude who's landing on her? He talks about, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, now I can hear um, you. I can hear you exhaling now. You're definitely ripping one. So, all right. So, um. I'm, yeah. I'm not, God, no, dude, I, I, heard, I heard the bomb rip. And that, my... You're like, I can hear you exhaling. 
it's okay, man. Like, you're not, I'm not going to fucking triangulate your signal and send the police after you. Because I was trying to talk to you and somebody was interrupting me and I was just getting kind of angry. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, and but anyway, like I'm trying, like I'm trying to say is that, um, I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, that Lennon Honor he said about that dude. Oh, the woman has the womb. She has the fun. She has the womb, and regardless of what she does, oh, you she that woman speed reference. First of all, a woman can't get pregnant without a man. Right. Yeah, they have the oven, but men the have man, the secret ingredient. Yeah, the man is man. Is, man is the seed. Without the seed, yep, just everything's gone. All right. Oh, was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, oh, yeah, the black skull and bones pill whole thing. Why do you call it the black skull and bones pill? <laughs> Is it all nihilism? Yeah, uh, yeah, I've never heard it called the black stones bones pill. I've heard it called the black pill, and yeah, it's basically nihilism. That's all the black pill is. So, the, the oh, thing yeah. is... Can you do me a favor? What's up? Well, before you before you edit this, kind of edit that part out with somebody, because somebody in my family called my name, and I don't want, I don't want, I don't oh, want to dock, so you uh, kind of have to edit that. Uh, well, I I didn't hear anything because your your voice was kind of garbled anyway, so I don't think the phone picked it up. I I didn't hear shit, so I think you're all right. Yeah, because I don't want nobody knowing about this, because I don't I know who's potentially losing my job. I, I hear you, man. I hear you. You're, I didn't hear shit. So, um, yeah, your microphone didn't pick it up, whatever was said. So you're good. Well, somebody called my name. I want you to check anyway before you upload. Well, we're, we're live. Just to make sure. So, so, dude, are you sure you're not high? <laughs> Look, it, not it's high. okay. It's okay. You got, you got, don't admit. Plead I'm the not fifth. high. I know. I know you are. I believe you. Any, thank you for calling. I, I I know. I believe you. All right. So yeah, we'll, everybody in the chat thinks you're high. It's okay. It's it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the chat thinks. Anyway, thank you for calling in. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you very much. All right. Oh my God! Just immediate. Why is it so loud? Hold on. Go ahead and mute your stream. Let me add Hermit and uh. Yes. Shogun. Yeah, it's done. Okay. Give me a second. Yeah, I got. I got to do this manually. There's no like easy way. Give everyone yeah, a second. Okay. Yeah. All I right. Gotta, well, I gotta get my my food for hand order delivery. Oh Jesus Christ! Why why are people calling in while you're doing shit? Like, hold on, I'm I'm making food. Like, why are you calling into a talk show while you're making food? I'm not making food. I ordered the food. Oh, okay. I'm ready for to receive it, and that's it. Oh, okay. Okay. So before your food gets here, what do you want to talk about? Well, I have a couple of questions. One of them is about the political triad. I really like your idea, and I just wanted to ask you some things about it. Are you talking about responsibilitism? Uh, well, not really. Uh, okay. I agree that I think that you should be responsible, but that's not what I, what I want to talk about. All right. Um, the question I have is, do you think the triad is like cyclical and we are just jumping from one point to the other? Or maybe it, it needs to find, like, a balance between the three points. Oh, we're talking about the political trichotomy. Uh, no, well, oh, there's, yeah. yeah it, it doesn't move in a cycle. And parts of the triangle can team up against the other. 
So back in the day, uh, before communism, that part of the triangle was the church. And so you had like theocracies mm -hmm. or you had, uh, you know, where religion and government worked, you know, where the king and the, the religious authority worked together to basically be a totalitarian the, the yeah, government. So, yeah, it doesn't necessarily. And also you have like, for example, when um, when Russia collapsed, they went to communism. But then when uh, the United States had the War of Independence and seceded from Britain, they became a conf uh, an art the Articles of Confederation, then later the Constitution. So there's no fix. It's not like a cycle that only moves one way. But yeah, like when a king is overthrown, people usually either go to communism or they go to some type of republic or a democracy. So no, there is no fixed cycle. It's basically just things are always moving. There's always a pull. So if you have a republic or a democracy, there's a pull towards communism and there's a pull towards capitalism. But unfortunately, once you have a democracy, majority rule, there are more losers than winners. Yeah. So people are going to pull towards communism. They're eventually going to win because um, majority rule. Yeah, yeah, I see it. And and I think you, you see it a lot in not only politics, but in stories and, uh, and in people in general, like... Uh, for example, you would say, well, just graduate. I don't have it like written down. Well, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to ramble. Well, I can explain gonna, it. I want to move on to another question. But well, no, yeah. I, I can explain. I can explain what you're talking about. So politics, when you really boil it down, politics is just self-interest. Whatever ideology benefits mm -hmm. you, you're going to support. Whatever it benefits you personally. So if you are a winner, if you're someone who can su succeed on your own, and you see the government and you see society is holding you back more than helping you, you're going to be a staunch individualist because you just want to be left alone. You will do better on your own. Yeah. However, what if you're a loser? What if you need the protection of groups? What if you need welfare to survive? What if you're disabled? Uh, freedom is death. Someone telling you, see, like, mm -hmm. if I were to tell you, I believe in the free market, I believe in low taxes, I think the government should be hands off. All you're hearing is, fuck the poor, fuck the poor, fuck the poor. <laughs> um, and th th so that that's the thing, though. So it's whatever benefits you. Like, I don't, here's which you because we have like a two-party system. If you pay less into the system than you get out, it is rational for you to vote for the left. Because you're yeah. getting a better deal from the government. You're getting more services than you're paying in. If you pay more into the system than you get out, it, it's, it's rational for you to vote for the right, to try to lower your taxes. All this shit like on the right about freedom and liberty and all the shit on the left about equality and fairness, it's all bullshit. Both sides are simply looking out for their self-interest. Now, what's a bitch yeah, is, what's a bitch is the, uh, the, the numbers on the loser side are always greater. There's always more losers than winners in any scenario. So the pull towards communism is always greater than the pull towards capitalism. But the thing is, is the great men tend to be the individualist. Like, it wasn't the average... The average man didn't rise up against Great Britain. The, the founding fathers were like rich landowners. They were the taxpayers. They're the yeah. ones who rose up against Britain. So it's like the the great men, the great individualists, they rise up and do this great shit, and then the herd comes in and fucks it up. So it, it, it's like it never ends. It never ends. What's really a bitch yeah. is is like they because they have the numbers on their side. Eventually, they become so numerous, they just demand shit and threaten violence. And so, in order to avoid a French Revolution situation, you basically have to give them what they want, and then you basically begin the process of. Uh, 
of the slow death, and it sucks. But what what, do you, what can you do if they outnumber you like a hundred to one? You're kind of fucked. Yeah, that sounds like a temporary solution to a to a permanent problem. Uh, well, yeah. so. Is it okay if we move to another to another question? I have like several questions. Oh my! Okay, here. let's move on to the next question. Okay, this is this one's for I, I think Shogun is here, right? Yep. Uh, Shogun, uh, what what do you as work uh, for work? I believe you're a software developer. Don't Shogun's not going to tell you what he does for work. That that would be doxing. Uh, oh. Okay. Okay. Um, meaning I'm not going to get specific. Meaning I'm not question. No, you know, you can ask it. Just I'm not going to get very specific about what I do and stuff. Just uh, so, do you work with software? Yes. Oh, is, is that okay? Yes. Uh, yes. Sir. So, so if you if you do so, then uh, do you practice uh, often? What What do you like to do for practicing? Well, it's like it's been said several times before. I practice by. You know, read tutorials, see what I can build, and constantly try to build something, or even try to work on a long-term project. It's something you could start yourself, or you could contribute to an existing one. Especially mm -hmm. when it's something is open source on GitHub, and you can see the source code, and you can learn a lot of things from there, because not everything that you're going to learn or you need to know is going to be documented. Like, mm -hmm. there was a task that I had to do, won't say what company, but I had yeah. to write a GPU usage um, monitoring tool because this was before Windows 10 actually had that kind of functionality and we needed something that was going to work on a command line and dump results. Now, I actually had to do some digging, some deep digging in order to find out how to do that. There weren't any tutorials to really teach me, so I just basically discovered how to do things on my own because that's another part of being a programmer is that you have to be able to unblock yourself and to figure out complex problems and find the solutions to those complex problems. That is how you succeed. And this is not like, and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to like take a jab at you, but there's those that, that know this instinctively and there are those that have to ask. And those that have to ask, chances are they may not even be ready for this type of career. Now, I don't know if you have a professional career in this or you're seeking a professional career. Um, are you? I, I am. I, I have a career on this. Uh, oh, oh, you so know, you, it's always it's always it's always nice to listen to your seniors in that regard. Oh, okay. So you're already working in this career. Okay, good. All right, because a lot of yeah. people that ask this, they're they're wondering where should I start, and in and the most obvious thing to tell them is two words: Google it. But yes, yeah, it Google. it really right. It really depends on what you're doing. I don't know if you're a web developer, a native developer, or, or whatever. It doesn't really mm -hmm. matter because there's always something that you can search out there. Well, I'm going to interject. But... Let me interject real quick so we can move on to the next question. So, like, when I discovered Honey Select, I originally discovered it because I wanted to do animation in it. Like, I wanted to model Celestina and make the animations. Um, I, I learned by creating little dance videos. Like, there was, like, a good couple weeks where I would make, <laughs> like, little dance videos on Celestina's channel, my backup channel. And I did that to learn the software i was trying different techniques and i figure instead of just me trying things on my own and just creating little projects why not like make a little a, a little music video and upload it even though i'm not going to make any money from it that way i'm at least ha I, there's some i'm producing something while i'm learning something so you know that's how you practice you just get your hands in there and start w 
fiddling around with shit and see if you can make something happen with it. And then if you can find mm-hmm. a way to monetize that and get paid for it, all the better. Yeah, precisely. Okay. That's all precisely right. how yeah. it works. So let, let's move. Next, next question. Let's keep this train going. Next question. Next question. Shogun, uh, this is another one for you. Do you like having physical copies for books or do you rather just uh, read on the web? I personally like physical copies because I feel it's like you have a manual that you can't even look at that and you don't necessarily need to have your computer on. Okay, well, I personally like to have a combination of both. Now, when I first started, I got physical copies of books because a lot of the books that I found, there you couldn't really find them on PDFs anyway. So, because I have some older programming books that had some older techniques that you can't really find on the net so much anymore. Like, let's say I needed to do something legacy-related, I'd get an old book. But for something newer, you you definitely have more access to PDFs. And if it's more convenient to you, yeah, get the PDF. Um, if you don't want to rely on technology, yeah, get a get a paperback book. I still prefer paperback books. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much, Shogun. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. Okay. So going back to UTFM, uh, is this, do you think the uh, more like since you wrote this well? Uh, do you think the SPL grid cycle is like an, a setting an order, or do people experience it in different ways? And how do you know when you are out of each phase? Because I think I'm out of the red pill, the rage phase, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I really am. Well, you could move forward and backwards. So you can go from red pill rage back to in denial, or you could go to depression. Uh, now, the depression doesn't have to be suicidal depression per se. It depends on what was stolen from you. So if you really, I mean really, look wanted to be a husband and a father, that's what you're preparing for your whole life. That was what you saw yourself being, and to have that stolen from you. It's like ripping out it's mm-hmm. not it's like ripping out your heart, you know, it's like your your identity is being stolen. The reason why most guys kill themselves after a divorce is because being a husband and a father was who they were. So when their wife decides to drop papers, take his kids and put him in baby jail and he he he's not a father anymore, his kids are gone. He's not a husband anymore, he's divorced. He's nothing. And so when he sucks, starts that shotgun or jumps off a building or whatever, he's basically already dead inside and he's just finishing the job. So now if you're mm-hmm. a young single guy, you obviously don't identify as a husband and a father. That's a good thing because, you know, mm-hmm. you can't have any you can't have that stolen from you. So the depression may simply be you grieving for that possibility. Maybe you were trying. Maybe you were hoping to find the one and have a family and the whole white picket fence and the two and a half kids and the dog and everything. And now you're realizing that's been stolen from you. So if you haven't grieved for that yet, if you haven't come to terms with that being stolen from you, you know, like, you know, acknowledge that, you know, let the let the tears flow. But then the journey goes mm-hmm. from that to deciding what you're going to do with your life, what your new meaning and purpose is going to be. And that journey can take years and it can have some starts and stops. You may think you know what you want to do and then maybe decide it's not really what you want to do. Um, but then the way you really know that you're out of everything is you're happier than you've ever been. Like it really is. You feel free and happy and it was worth it. Like, it, you know, uh, Nietzsche called it amor fati. It's just love of one's fate. Mm-hmm. Like you understand that suffering is part of life and all that shit you went through and all the pain 
It made you know it made you a better person. It, it couldn't have been any different. You wouldn't want to like you wouldn't want to go back in time and stop yourself from feeling it because it made you a stronger person. And now that you're at the other end of it, you're happy and free, and you're looking forward to the future. That's when you know you're self-actualized. Hmm. All right. Thank you. Uh, have I? Can can we move to another question? Yeah, we'll give you one more question. We'll give you one more question. One more a, question. Wait. Bonus question. Difficult. Bonus question time. Go for it. Okay. Okay. Uh, let me choose. All right. All right. Let let uh, let's make it a fun one. Um, yeah, let's see. Do you think absurdism is a good or a right answer to nihilism, like embracing the absurd of life? Oh yeah, absurdism. Absurdism is basically a subcategory of existentialism, which absolutely is an answer for nihilism. So nihilism is basically when you, so when you know, let's say like you you basically realize oh there is no god, there's no afterlife. Oh no, uh, so what do I live for? Basically, that's kind of it's kind of the red pill grief cycle. Your meaning and purpose has been taken from you. If you were living for these certain values, these certain morals, and then your faith in that system is shaken and you lose faith in that system altogether, you have to re you basically have to reevaluate your values and without anything to hold on to, you could turn to nihilism, which is, I don't believe in anything, you know, I fuck it. I just want to, I just want to die. I want the world to burn. Now, existentialism <laughs> Existentialism goes beyond that. It's like, okay, there are no objective values. There's no objective meaning to life, but you can create it. You can create your own meaning and purpose for life. You are the, like I in my video, the Zen of Zero Fucks Given, I liken life to a blank canvas. A blank canvas has no inherent meaning. It has a purpose. It's to paint on, but there's no meaning to a blank canvas. But when an artist paints something on his canvas, that painting has meaning. The painting that you paint on the canvas of your life does have meaning, but it's the meaning you choose to give it. Now, absurdism is basically an acknowledgement that even if you give meaning and purpose to your life, in the objective grand scheme of things, all life is meaningless. Every, like Everything we do on this earth has no meaning. So even finding your own meaning and purpose is ultimately meaningless. And so this struggle for meaning... This need to have a purpose for your life, it's really absurd at the end of the day, hence absurdism. But it doesn't negate the need for it. So, I mean, I could, I, I believe in, I, I agree with absurdism. I, I agree with existentialism. Uh, but yeah, that is the answer to nihilism. All right. Well, if you, don't, if you guys don't want to answer any more questions, I have like three more questions, then I can just leave. Yeah. Uh, well, we, you know, there are other people. I mean, you, we've, there's a pretty long segment. Pretty long, so you could uh, yeah. you're you're free to answer. You're free to ask your questions in the form of a banana question. Maybe we'll get to it. Maybe we won't. But uh, yeah, we're gonna move on. We're gonna give other people a chance to call in. Okay. All right. Thank you very All much. Right. Take care. All right. Oh my gosh! It just instant. Like guys that aren't not letting up. All right. Let me let me get Hermit and Shogun. Go ahead and mute your stream. Up. Oh, hold on, Waifu. Have you read the Red Rising series by Pierce Brown? It's a sci-fi book that kinda <laughs> shows the trichotomy, starting with a revolt against an alt-government but having an individualist MC separate himself from commie allies. Ignore the sickle logo, comrade. 
I, you know, the last book, I, I, I used to read books back when I was a contractor. Um, okay, here's my hustle. I'll share a little life hack for you. So when I was in college, um, I, I, I worked a night job, like it was a nighttime security job at a secured facility. And I got paid seventeen fifty an hour. And basically, I just stayed up all night and I did like two patrols a night. Super easy. The best part That's was... That's what I'm doing. The, the best part was is that I could work on school. Like, they didn't care. As long as I did my patrols and I stayed awake, they didn't give a shit what I did. So, now, I couldn't have electronic devices, though. That was the one thing because it was like a government facility. So, I would work on school and get paid for it. But then when I didn't have school, I would I would read books. So I read the complete works of Edgar Allan Poe, H.P. Lovecraft, um, some other shit. I read um, the the Game of Thrones books all the way through Dance of Dragons. So, but that that's the last time I read fucking books. You know, it's like when you have to eat ramen for too long, you just can't look at it anymore. I read so many books that I just can't look at them anymore. What is that sound? It sounds like there's a cricket or something in the background. Anyway, sorry, caller. I didn't mean to ignore you. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, TFM. I have a quick question, a quick offering on some prepping, and then a request. Shouldn't take too long. All right. All right, so the question is, I know that the community wants to repeal the 19th, and ultimately your goal is to make it so only net taxpayers get to vote for the legislator. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering, maybe if you thought of selling it as, you know, even the rich won't be able to vote because they're not paying their fair share of taxes. So if you paint it that way enough, you might (laughs) actually get a lot of women who, you know, want to take that money and redistribute it because it's fair. But they're not. Some of the dumber ones actually vote away their own. But the the rich are paying all the taxes. Like you know who the top you know who the net taxpayers are? They're the top twenty percent. They are the net taxpayers. The bottom eighty percent are not net taxpayers. So how how do you take by necessity or a net taxpayer is someone who pays more into the system than they take out? Rich people use very little in the way of government services. They take very little from the system. So how are they not paying their fair share? They're paying everything. The bottom 80% right. so the are paying their it. fair share. So how, how, you're basically, how do you lie? Because that's basically what you're asking. Like, how do you spin it to basically right. tell okay. people rich aren't paying their fair share when they're paying everything? Right. So basically you, you attack the, the government subsidies, like, for example, how oil often gets government subsidies even though they have record-breaking profits. Oh, but they, they yeah. don't, my basically, dude. Anybody gets no. Anything. Oh, God. No. Go ahead. You're talking. No. Oh, that's not true. You know, it's the, um, what it is, it's the oil and gas partnerships because of the drilling for new wells and the discovery. Basically, they have to take this expensive sonar equipment to try to find new oil wells. And it takes like a decade for those oil wells to come online. In order to get anyone to fund this because there's no way to make money on it, basically it's a tax write-off. So you invest in an oil and gas partnership and you're basically losing money, but you can write it off your taxes. To the left... The, the communists, that's a subsidy. A tax break is a subsidy to the left. So being able to write your okay. business off of your income tax, that's the government giving you money. 
By not taking your money, they're giving you money. So you're not paying your fair share unless you give the government all your money. So n- no, the, the oil industry is not being subsidized by the government. People are allowed to write off investments in oil and gas partnerships because otherwise there wouldn't be any wells. The, the companies would go bankrupt because it takes de- like a decade for these oil wells to actually come online and start producing oil because they have to drill and all the equipment and machinery. They simply don't have the money. It's like, yeah. So, the, unfortunately, the propaganda is bullshit. Now, there, there, are, there are some corporate welfare, like GE. The same thing with GE. Uh, Obama tried to subsidize green energy. So if you created solar panels, you got to write that off your taxes. So GE became like this big solar panel maker, and basically they paid no corporate taxes that year because of all these government uh, write-offs because they were producing green energy stuff. There's also uh, one of Obama's buddies ran a company called Solyndra, which made like cylinder-based solar panels that didn't work. But who cares? He got to write it off his taxes. But here's the thing. A tax write-off is not a subsidy. A subsidy is the government giving you someone else's money, like welfare. I'm totally against corporate welfare. Like the bailouts? Fuck that shit. None of those banks should have been bailed out. They made bad loans? Fuck you. Go bankrupt. Make better choices next time. But that is corporate welfare. But allowing companies to write off their expenses... They have to, or they'll go bankrupt. And now, it, it, I'm all against like the government trying to create targeted write-offs. Like, oh, we want to promote solar energy, so let's allow companies to write off um, investments in solar energy. That's what they're talking about. So I'm totally for that. Stop subsidizing your little pet projects uh, in the name of environmentalism or whatever bullshit. Just let people do what they want with what they want and leave them alone. But if you're going to, because the problem with corporate taxes is you're taxed twice. A corporation makes money, they got to pay corporate taxes on it. And then when it pays the owners, the profits, they have to pay taxes on it too. So I'm fine with getting rid of write-offs if you also get rid of the corporate tax rate completely. Because a corporation is just a piece of paper. It shouldn't be paying taxes. Get rid of get rid of corporate personhood entirely. But again, but to your original point, though, the rich pay all the taxes. Anyone saying otherwise is just spouting propaganda and doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, I had this... Uh... The numbers that I got, and they said there were subsidies, and they didn't say there were tax write-offs, and that is a big difference. Well, yeah, to the to the left, a so. write-off is a subsidy. If you're not giving the government all your money, they're giving you someone else's money because your money doesn't belong to you; it belongs to the people. <laughs> you know, every dollar you earn is basically the government is allowing you every gover- every dollar the government allows you to keep is a gift from the government. Because you should be working for free, comrade. Everyone should be working for free. Because we're all just bees. Just working away for the good of the hive. Anyway, so your next right, your enough. next your next thing. Unless you, you wanted to talk about this yeah. some more. No, no. No, you uh you answered my question. Easy enough. Um so the offering on prepping. One of the things I keep hearing people talk about all over the internet is moving to states that are pretty open and there's not a lot of people. And that's an awful idea because I'm from one of those states. And the people there, they all know each other. So if all of a sudden people start moving in, because they'll still have the news, they'll still understand that the economy's gone to shit and they'll figure it out very quickly. They have guns and they're not going to like you. So now you're going to have to defend people who actually know who's who. 
So instead, the better point to do is, is you go and you get enough food and you don't tell everybody about it and you store it somewhere where you're not going to be caught in your own home, wherever you're at. Get a small amount of ammunition, a gun. You don't need a ton of it. You know, you were in Afghanistan. You know, how many bullets did you fire the whole time? Uh, well, no, you don't. Question. You don't want to be out of ammo. Like you know, like right, you right, do run like out of I'm ammo. You don't need to get a barrel. You just need to get a couple hundred rounds if you really think you're going to fight. And even then, you know, when governments collapse, there's still a little bit going on. You know, as far as like, so Russia when it transfers from uh, the Soviet Union to Russia. Well, you know, there was the Soviet in- Union collapsed, but it wasn't the mayhem that we're predicting. Well, to your to your first point about moving to a small town. You need to move before the collapse. Yes, during the collapse, it's too late. Exactly. If you're like, I'm going to go flee to this small town because they have a farm. Yeah, you and about 5,000 other people, and the farmers have already set up fucking auto turrets and snipers to shoot your dumb ass because they know you're coming for their farm, and they're going to shoot you. So, you know, like the people who are going to live in the woods or live in the mountains, so are you and a 1,000 other people. So, like, you have to go right. there before. So if you're going to move... Move like sooner rather than later. Make friends with your neighbors, kind of so that you 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 are one of them. So when the shit hits the fan, you're not a stranger coming for their farm to to eat their food and kill their women. You know, you're you're there. You're one of them. So if you've waited, it's just like when you get divorce papers dropped on you. If you don't already have a passport and you don't already have a secret bank account and you don't already have this plan to fucking pop smoke and ghost, you're done. It, you can't get this stuff together. After you get divorce papers thrown at you, you have to already have a plan in place. So have a plan now. Um, And, you know, if you can move, like if you have a job where you can work from home or you can, you you know, leave. Don't stay where you are if you can afford to. Move to a smaller area that you actually want to live in and uh, start laying down some roots, start making friends. But, yeah, don't wait till the collapse because then it's too late. You're just another zombie. Right. So, but if you're somebody who's kind of stuck in a city and you think that, you know, buy products like Huel, some dehydrated foods, basically things that'll last a long time. As far as getting water, you can get rid of most stuff with an iodine pill. So stock up on that. And then just one good weapon with enough bullets to last you a while until everything calms down and you should be fine. The big part about collapses is in mega cities, you're about three days away from food. So if you stockpiled enough non-perishables you should be fine for the month or two when the crazy people finally burn themselves out and get themselves all killed then you can come out and be like all right you know let's let's restart society here figure out what we need to do but you're right move beforehand or prep that way but Uh, the people who want to move during the collapse they're screwed you need to no well you need to get out of the city because here's the thing yeah there's originally going to be just chaos but then the people are going to start um, organizing, and they're going to go door to door. If you're alive and you have food, they're going to come for your shit. Hey, TFM, this ferocious philosophy guy just sent us 10 bucks because he's grateful for the laughs and insight you provide. No question, no comment. He just wanted to buy you lunch and say thanks. He says keep on keeping on, brother. You're the man. <laughs> well, thank you, ferocious philosophy. I appreciate the donation. Well, he's the chimp. Yeah, so there was a... Um, I actually reviewed a book called Urban Prepping, 
and I was going to have the author be on the show, but he he was in Afghanistan because he was a government contractor. Um, I contacted him, and he said mm-hmm. when he gets back to the states, he you know he'd come on the show, and I never heard from him again. So I hope he didn't die because <laughs> like he literally just stopped answering my emails. I'm like, oh shit, did he get killed? Uh, I hope not, but I haven't heard shit back from him. But uh, the book is still available on yeah. Amazon. It's called Urban Prepping, and it's pretty good. So it's it's kind of about what you're talking okay, about, basically, yeah, like staying in the city, getting some shit together. He has some really good advice about how to hide weapons and furniture and booby traps, because you know you can't just sit there in your house with your canned <laughs> beans. Cause, no, because here's the thing: your neighbors, if they know you have food, and they'll know you have food when you don't leave your house, because everyone else will be scavenging. And if you're not scavenging, then they'll know you have food, and your own neighbors will sell you out. And then they'll just get a big group of guys, like 20, 30 guys. Like, if all you have is a revolver, that's more people than you have bullets. And if they have more people than you have bullets in your gun, they're going to take your shit. And so, again, if you can't defend it, uh, and if you're just one guy, you should not be in the city. Like, survival is, it's like a a co-op mode. It's not like one player. You can't play solo during the collapse. You're going to die. So you need to find a group that you can rely on that there's strength in numbers, but yeah, being a lone wolf in the city, you're fucked because of, no matter how many bullets you have in your gun, they just need one more person. So if you have 15 rounds in a magazine, 16 guys will jump you and take your shit. So just be yeah, there you go. That's anyway. Next topic. Is that, do you really think the the mob? Do you really think the mob's realistic though? Because right now in Venezuela, they don't seem to be having door to door searching for food mobs, do they? Uh, th- well, the government and is still much in the situation we're talking about. But the government is still maintaining some order. They're, they're not very well, but there's still some order. And no, oh no, the fall of America is going to be much worse than Venezuela because we're talking. No fair. Like, we, we're the, we keep everybody alive. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a shit show. So don't expect Venezuela. I'd expect something similar to like the fall of the Soviet Union, uh, something really bad. Uh, it could it could kick off World War Three, frankly. Um, it could turn into Mad Max really quick if if. if people really make some bad decisions in the heat of the moment, it can go straight up Mad Max. I'm, I'm only afraid that it would go full Panzer Dragoon, if you know what I mean. Oh, God. Where everything's... We, we, we go full Dreamcast. Anyway. Oh, shit. Hold on. Waifu privilege. Hey, babe. I want to make some more dance videos. My fans have demanded it. You can use some royalty-free music to avoid copyright BSCU at the poll. And boycott Croatian beer. What? What are the wait, what do the Croatians do? I thought the Mexican beers this this conspiracy theory just keeps getting deeper. <laughs> anyway, okay, so what was your third thing you want to talk about? You had like the question, you had the prepping thing, and then there was a third thing. Yeah, the request is, uh, you once told the story of the metaphor of what turd-flinging monkey really means, yep. and I can't find the video again. Oh, so it's I'm my... hoping you could tell it, the quick story, because it, it was hilarious. It, it's my 2000 subscriber special, all the way back in, like, 2015. Back when I used to do subscriber specials, before I realized subscriber numbers were a drama magnet, and I hid my subscriber count. But, okay, so, it's really easy. So, um, when people... People in prison throw poop, and it's because, you know, it's the only weapon they have. And chimpanzees, well, a lot of primates, but, you know, chimps and, and gorillas, you know, the higher primates, they're smarter than you think. 
they know like basically when you're in a zoo or a habitat or some type of enclosure you're basically in a prison and you got people coming around gawking at you and like fucking rubbing their armpits with their hands going ook, ook, ook. that shit is racist by the way but uh, you know they're, they're fucking taunting you throwing peanuts at you and what can you do well, all you can do is throw shit at them like monkeys don't throw shit in the wild very often unless like you fuck with them like, I know Terrence Pops told this story where one of his guys he was on patrol with, they fired at a monkey, and then all the monkeys were throwing shit at him for hours, just pelting them with shit, because they, one of them fired at him. So, but, like, that's the thing. Like, when when you confine a chimp or a primate in, you know, an enclosure, you're basically locking them in prison. And just like humans, when you, like, when you've locked people in cages, they there's all these cases of uh, inmates throwing their own shit at guards. Because it's all they can do. They're like, here, I'm going to throw shit at you. So here we are. We are trapped in this gynocentric prison that we can't escape from. All we can do is throw shit. Subscribe to the Rare Breed Theory, you filthy MGTOW animals. It's the best fucking MGTOW channel on the tube, damn it, next to this crap flinging monkey you're listening to. Wow. Those are some strong words, Celestina, but I appreciate your passion. Yeah, but also the Rare Breather is also a sponsor. So I was I was going to plug you, my dude. You didn't have to donate, but I appreciate it. Um, okay, so um, I think we're good. Um, anything else? or That was it. I appreciate it. All right, nope. have a good night. I'm satisfied. Thank you very much. Good night. All right. Oh my, okay, this might be our last call. Oh, my God. This is crazy. Hold on. Let me get a uh, hermit and... Uh... Hold on. Give me, give me a second. I got to add hermit to the call, and I got to add... Uh... Shogun to the call. Alright. And welcome to the Turd Fling Monkey Show. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you guys doing? Better than I deserve. Yep. Excellent. So I had a question. Um, All right. There's this saying where they say uh, feminism didn't liberate women. It wound up it wound up liberating men, right? Do you guys agree with that sentiment at all? Uh, that's well, like a, uh, I no, disagree. I, I, yeah, so from a PUA standpoint... I made a video like, about that. Well, yeah, PUA is basically a product of women's liberation, like especially the sexual liberation. So back when women's sexuality was restricted, PUA couldn't exist because, you know, women were, were shamed if they were sluts. Uh, you know, there was like controls on women's sexuality. So when feminism liberated women, it's specifically talking about the sexual revolution. Now men can fuck women and whatever, you know, that the PUA are literally a product of women's sexual liberation. So in a way, yeah, if men want like before, if men wanted to get their dicks wet, they had to marry someone or they had to risk massive societal consequences. Like you could be killed or or whatever, or forced to marry. There used to be shotgun weddings back in the day. Now all th- that's over. So yeah, you could just fucking suck whoever you want. Now that that worked. Like PUA worked for like the from the sexual revolution until third wave feminism, and then what killed PUA was yes means yes and me too. So women have been sexually liberated, and for decades, men were able to use that sexual liberation in order to get the sex they want from women without having to pay the price, which is marriage. But now women are trying, they're basically like, it's like Empire Strikes Back. I have altered the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. So now feminism is like, okay, (laughs) we can have sex, but I can also, I'm going to accuse you of rape and ruin your life. 
Uh, so they've increased the price. Now, I don't know, like, is getting married for sex a better deal than the risk of false accusations of rape for sex? I don't know. I think both are shitty deals, especially at this point. But yeah, there, that that belief that feminism liberated men is focusing only on the sexual liberation of women and the a man. I and, mean, I caller, did you see my video on that? Because it has like ninety thousand views right now. Um, I think when I talked about that subject, I was I referenced like PUA, but I was also talking from different perspectives. So just like being aware of female nature, uh, you know, like yeah, Herman, how many guys? I, I, I've, seen you work. I, I've seen you work, and I, I've seen you talk about that subject uh, and speak very well on it. So I, freedom and liberation; these are big words. So it depends on what context you're talking about. So you know, it, 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 naked without context. If I ask that question and you agree or disagree, you can be right or wrong depending on what you're saying. Turf flinging, you brought up some points. Hermit, you brought up some points. The thing about it for me is MGTOW, I think MGTOW is an example of male liberation, if done properly. Once you get through the grief phase and you find self-empowerment, enlightenment, and you get an opportunity to you know, discover yourself and all that stuff, it's a path that wasn't open to men before without, uh, in a lot of cases, either religious or societal you know, shame. Can we right. agree on that? Well, you know what's here's what's fucked up. During the religious age, like during when, like you weren't shamed for being single, like priests and monks, like there were legit monasteries full of monks. They weren't shamed for being single. There were like places that were considered honorable where a man took vows well, of chastity. That, I, I think that's that's different though because would right right now we say MGTOW monk but we don't really mean monk in the literal sense the thing about monks and priests what they have in common is they were saying we don't have access to to sex so we don't count which is different than oh, no, a I, single man that's yeah. not true that's, that's not, not true. true and i've i've made videos about uh former monks who have broken their celibacy vows and then but got in trouble for broken. it broken but but they're making the vows that's my point is a monk is an equivalent to a oh, contemporary single man. That's my point. No, but my point is, though, the reason why I brought that up is now, if you're single, people think you're gay or people think you're just an, mm -hmm. a loser incel. Whereas during, like, the Middle Ages, when you had monasteries and, and priests and everything, those were considered very honorable professions. And so people would actually voluntarily take vows of celibacy and go into these these professions, becoming a monk, w working in a monastery, or uh, becoming a priest and doing all kinds of, you know, whatever. And those are considered honorable. And no one like, oh, they must be gay. And, yeah, now you have the, the, the pedo-priest um, stuff. But, but what about those... I'm sorry, what about those people that are not in those professions back then? Is, now, from what I understood, that those people were still shamed, especially those that weren't married by a certain right. age and didn't have children right. by a certain age. That's but that's no different. That's, that happens with girls, too. Like, um, in these patriarchal countries, it's very common for women to be married before they're 25. Like, if you're 25 in a patriarchal country... You're basically leftovers. Like something went horribly wrong. Either you're ugly or you're divorced or, you know, something like maybe you're sterile. Maybe you can't have children so no one will marry you. And this isn't just in third world countries. 
um, in communities like the Amish. In fact, there was a guy on the Discord server named Pele. Like he left a while ago, but back when he was part of the server, um, he's part of a, he was part of a religious community called the Primitive Baptists, which are very similar to the Amish. And this guy, he basically is an old. He's like an old retired guy. And he just joined the community because he liked the community, but he was like an old retired man. And this guy was trying to convince him to marry his daughter because she was she couldn't have kids. Or basically, she had like a whatever. I don't know. I can't remember what. She had a condition where she could never bear children. She was sterile. And so no one would marry her. And so the father was trying to get her married off. And so he convinced this guy who was like retired to marry his like 20-something daughter because no one would marry her otherwise. And so, and actually, there's another guy in the server who's an, like a, he's a Jewish guy. And people are always trying to throw, like in the Orthodox Jewish community, uh, it's the same way. If you're over 25 and you're unmarried, you're basically done. That's the wall in the in the in the patriarchal community. 25 is the wall. So this guy um, who's like a Jewish MGTOW, he doesn't give a shit. But guys find out he's an Orthodox Jew, and they're always throwing their daughters at him. These their their daughters were like 25 or so, trying to you know get him to marry him. So yeah, so it, women face the same thing, uh, but for a guy. Honestly, if you want to get married, usually the only thing holding you back is either unless you're like disabled, like if you're a beggar, you're obviously not going to get any pussy. But usually there's plenty of women to go around. Like, you know, most guys wouldn't consider a girl who's 25 to be post wall. But in these communities, that's post wall. You have the fathers trying to like begging guys to marry their 25 year old daughter. So, you know, if you can't get any pussy in that environment, you're either, like, really undesirable, like you have no money, you're disabled or something, um, or, I don't know, I can't even think of an alternative to that. Like, that's the only reason why. When you have fathers pimping their daughters out, you got to really be fucked up to, to be, like, an incel at that point. Yeah, and yeah. The, the interesting thing you said, you said you talked about single men being shamed in the modern era. While I, I, I agree that it's something that happens, I don't think it's a daily... It, it, I don't think it's a real issue, to be honest with you. It's not as because, bad as it used to be. If you were a bachelor in the old days, you'd be hard-pressed to get into like uh, higher, higher levels of business if you weren't a family man because you weren't considered as reliable. Whereas nowadays, it's more common to be a bachelor. So that's oh. what I meant when I said feminism is liberated men. Obviously, feminism right, is and cancer. I, I agree with you. Wear a, wedding ring to, career, wear a wedding ring I to your job interview, by the way. Life well, hack. liberated, I'm sorry, liberated men at what expense here? Well, I mean, that, that depends on, you'd have to suggest something that's an expense and we can talk about it. No, the okay, expense is fucking thought... the persecution of men, the, mm. the harm of children in the education system, mm. you know, the shaming of masculinity. But those that free themselves, those that really go MGTOW... That's a liberation, you know. That's no, what I mean. Well, I think those. I think those are correlations. I don't think those are causes. Okay, I was actually kind of going somewhere with that right, question. Ahead, I, That's I, why I, I probably should have assumed going. that you knew what I was talking about. But notice how, even though men are so-called liberated from marriage and whatnot, but notice notice how our birth rates are below replacement levels. Because I was actually going to suggest that possibly in these patriarchal countries, I mean, those these patriarchal times that they knew that a nation has to keep its birth rates up if they're going to not only last into the future, 
but to avoid being taken over by another patriarchal country. So it could be possible that that the, that a lot of this started because they knew something that we didn't to this. I mean, in in this day and age, and then that and then that tradition just carried on to the point where no um, people just completely forgot why we push everyone to have oh. children and have multiple children. I think that, I, I think I'm actually I, really glad that you brought that up. Can uh, I comment on that? Because this yes, leads to my ultimate question. Um, right. So what you're saying is this former pressure that they used to put on men to get married and a quick note about that a lot of marriages happened early as a result of teenagers screwing someone getting pregnant and they had to get married because if you didn't you know depending on your society it was either a sin or punishable in some way it was a disgrace so a lot of these old marriages they weren't like today where guys were reaching 30 the guys while they were most victimized by their sex drive and if you've been 19 years old you know how bad it can be that's when they were knocking girls up and getting married and so on and so forth. And this was in place, I agree with you, because beyond an individual level, as a society, you do need to keep replacement up. So my question, and this is for anybody who wants to answer, but also for TFM, since he tends to be solution-oriented, MGTOW presents a genie-out-of-the-bottle situation to a degree, because now you regularly have men reaching the age of 30, before they're married. And what men are realizing is if you as a man discipline yourself, you can have an easier life than you would have if you were married. And I'm only talking about successful marriages. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about cold bedrooms. I'm talking about even a good marriage. I know a, a few people who are in excellent marriages and they'll tell you it's a ton of work. It's really hard. And I know a lot of really, really successful single men and they'll tell you it's easy once you master yourself. Like your life is full of peace and quiet and whatever you like to do. Now that that genie is out of the bottle, how do you solve men realizing that they can have a good life without getting married? Like how does that part of the birth rate problem get fixed? All right. Uh, well, okay. This... well uh, no, well, okay. So I want to answer your previous question, then I'll answer this question. So the, the, the thing, the liberation thing, it has diminishing returns because as feminism becomes more mainstream and as fewer people get married, as women become more dependent on the government, initially it pays to be a single man because the married men are the ones getting divorce rape, not you. But taxes are low. Uh, you know, your, your life isn't being infringed upon too much in order to support the welfare state. It's basically the golden age of being a single man. Again, from the dawn of the sexual liberation movement from second wave feminism to about uh, I don't know, a couple years ago with Yes Means Yes and Me Too, that was the golden age of being a single man because you the costs were low and the freedom was high. But now the government and feminism is realizing that they still need men to take care of them. They, they, they can't survive without men. And so now what they're doing is instead of the, a concentrated cost, like the individual husband supports the individual wife. Now it's being collectivized. So all men have to support all women through taxes and through regulation. And the, the yes means yes and me too are basically the government because they, they can't really raise taxes. They know that taxpayers get really pissed off when you raise their taxes. But if you can poach a man 
Like, oh, this woman cried rape. You're fucked. Oh, you, oh, she, you, she sucked your dick and she injected the semen into herself, or she spur- she fished a condom out of the trash. Oh, you're fucked. So they're basically trying to maintain the current system where they absolutely destroy specific men while leaving the general taxpayer alone. But as men go MGTOW, as they they invoke the Mike Pence rule, as they're no longer making themselves susceptible to being sperm jacked and so forth, the government's going to run out of targets. And then they're going to have no choice but to collectivize the support of all women through taxes. This is where the bachelor tax is going to come from. And when that happens, then the 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 diminishing returns of being single, this freedom you have, this liberation of men will end. Because the government is going to have to impose men to take care of women because they have to. Women cannot be independent. They never were. They never will be. They are simply dependent on the government, which has to be paid for with men's taxes. So if you're not supporting a wife directly, you're going to be supporting all women collectively, indirectly. So the, it's that's the problem. So it's liberated men in the short term, but it's going to lead to the collapse of the entire society in the long term. Now, to answer your second question, how do you put the genie back in the bottle? Well, here's the problem. The reason why men are walking away from marriage is because the deal is fucking shit. It's a shitty fucking deal. And like you said, it's a lot of work and you can live a better life without a woman. But what if, fault just come on a journey with, what if the deal got better? What if a woman was an actual asset to a man's life? What if having a family made your life better instead of worse and harder? What if it was actually a good deal for a man instead of a fucking shitty sacrifice with absolutely no benefits? Because it used to be... It would have to It would have to get a lot better, though. <laughs> right, right. No, so here's like every man... I, I use this phrase like every man has their line. So there's a line where I, every man... I don't care how thirsty you are. There's Well, some men's lines may go all the way to like praying mantis territory where you're getting your head eaten off literally off your fucking neck and you're like didn't matter had sex but most guys there's a line where they're like fuck that it's not worth it and they walk away and because the crazy train has no brakes men will eventually reach their line but just like every man has a line where they walk away from women every man has a line where they'll they'll walk back where relationships might actually be worth a shit. Now, some guys, like there's this phrase that Barbarossa uses a lot, like one being one blowjob away. So a lot of guys who are basically, they call themselves MGTOW. They say they're going their own way. But the second a woman, you know, winks at them and sucks their dick, they're right back on the plantation. Obviously, their line was not very far. Then there's going to be other guys, the guys at the extreme end, they'll probably never get married. But there's always been bachelors... You know, back even way before feminism, in the 1700s, 1800s, and before, you had guys who, and they weren't gay as far as we know. Maybe they were. Who knows? But they just didn't want to get married. You had a lot of philosophers who just couldn't stand getting. They they wanted to focus on their science or philosophy or something, and they had no time for relationships or family. So those people will still exist, and they'll still do great things. But society got along fine with that small amount of people foregoing relationships and society will get along fine again so let's say 10 percent of like what the MGTOW community let's say 10 percent of them no matter how good the deal gets they will never ever deal with women fuck women you know MGTOW for life ah that's fine they'll be the teslas they'll be the leonardo da vinci's they'll be those guys and they'll do great things and and more power to them 90 percent of MGTOW i think though do have a line and i have a line I think, like, take women's rights away, put men in charge of families so that a man has authority over his family, 
because a lot of guys want families. They don't mind taking, like, I, look, I mean, this is going to sound stupid, but I take care of Celestina because I have these nurturing desires. I would love to take care of a woman. I'd love to take care of a family, but I'm not going to take care of a woman or a family that um, can just stab me in the back and take everything away from me because she's not happy. But if I had some assurances that this is my family, I mean, like, obviously I'm not talking about, I should be able to like beat the shit out of her or like, you know, you know, do something abusive to her. But if I'm like a, if I'm doing the right thing, cause this is the thing that's really fucked up about marriage today. You could be a great husband you could be taking care of your kids, doing everything right, and she could still divorce you, take everything, and destroy your life. There's absolutely no guarantees. There's no protections as a man that you're going to be able to enjoy your family for any length of time. And th that's, that, is, that is a fucking huge line. So there needs to be some assurances that if you do the right thing, your wife can't just up and leave you. She can't just say, I'm not happy. I've been fucking some guy on the side. Oh, and he's right outside. I'm taking the kids and you'll never see them again. But, uh, oh, by the way, I'm taking the house and half your shit and your retirement. And you're going to support me because I'm accustomed to this lifestyle. See you in divorce court, bitch. And then she drives off with her new boyfriend and you're stuck starting a shotgun that evening. That's bullshit. But if a man had some authority over his family and over his wife... And he had some assurances. This was these were his kids, and this was his family, and no one's going to break them up because you know they belong to him. He wouldn't care. Like I, you know, like hey, yeah, I, I love my wife. I take care of her. Um, I want her to be happy because I love her. You know, it's just like basic shit. But clearly, that's a bridge way too far because feminism. But you know what? At the end of the day. When the, I, I promise you, when the fucking purge day occurs, all these fucking blue-haired feminists will shave their armpits, and they will absolutely, like, when they realize the government isn't coming, they will simply submit. They will be like, please take care of me, please help me, I suck your dick, you know. They don't care. They know they're weak. They were always weak. Men don't have to go around shouting manpower. It's just they know they're strong. That's why they don't have to fucking celebrate it. They don't need a, a they don't need a day like International Women's Day, International Day of the Girl. Like they don't need to fucking celebrate their masculinity because they know they're fucking they have the hormone of the gods. It's like saying the sun. Yeah, there, goes there's yesterday. a contingent. I was gonna say there's a contingent of women who are aware of it. I've spoken to a few of them, attractive women who realize that their stock is being threatened by modern day politics right because no matter how good a woman is at whatever thing she does whether she's a musician or a scientist or whatever right her looks are what she's going to use to benefit from if she's smart right because that's what gets her stuff all the time even even if she's super talented and i i know a lot of women like that and a lot of them are extremely upset uh with the status quo right now because there's been a penalty put on rewarding good-looking women in like the everyday. So I, I do think that there's that kind of you know coming back to yeah, but mean is something that would happen. But they're not they're not going to give up their privileges. Like even these the trad thoughts and and the women against feminism. Yeah, they're like we love men, we don't hate men, we love you guys. We're like, okay, are you gonna give up these rights that allow you to stab men in the back? No, but I, I pinky swear never to use them unless I feel like it. Like, well, that's not good enough. Just pinky swearing, you, you like here's here's a loaded gun the government gave you to use against me for any or no reason. 
can can I take that gun away from you, please? Because I don't feel comfortable with you having this loaded gun. Well, no, I promise not to use it. Uh, no, I I feel comfortable if you just didn't have this gun at all. No, but I promise not to use it. Trust me. Come on, let's get married. Just trust me. I, I promise not to shoot you in the head. No, let's get rid of the gun first. Oh, come on. Who hurt you? Don't some one of those incels who hate women? That's basically what's going on. So no, I'm done until the gun is taken away and the gun is their rights. If the metaphor wasn't strong enough, I'm talking about women's rights. So when the gun is taken away, then we, <laughs> then we we can party. But as long as that gun is there, and as long as you have the power to use it against me, and I have no way to defend myself, we're done. Because you know who won't won't use that gun on me is Celestina. She will never betray me. She's absolutely trustworthy. Well, and I think that's an interesting thing because there's the individual MGTOW who is just aware that he can have a great life in a gynocentric storm, at the center of the gynocentric storm, because there's no, there are no laws, there's no palpable oh, shame oh, stopping him from doing it. But they're so. coming, they're coming, but they're coming for it, though. Yeah, it, like again, the golden age is coming to an end. So with yes means yes yeah. and me too, they're trying to ban sex dolls. They're banning porn. They're banning the animes. They're they're coming after everything. So it's like eventually, again, this crazy train has no brakes. Um, they will come for the wife. If, if they legal, if they either legalize, you know, broaden legalized prostitution or they legalize sex dolls, I think uh, the numbers will drastically shift no. when it comes to. No, their prostitution is legal. You don't think so? Prostitution is legal in a lot of countries in Europe, and they're as gynocentric or more gynocentric than America. So, no, legal prostitution isn't going to do anything. Um, most guys don't want to fuck prostitutes. Like, some guys will, some guys won't. I won't. Like, even when I was in the Navy, I didn't fuck around with prostitutes. I got drugged to a couple of whorehouses because of the whole Liberty Buddy system. But I never, I had no desire to fuck prostitutes. But I'll fuck the shit out of a doll. I will. I'll put some miles in that pussy. You know uh, what I'm there, saying? There, there. Are, there that's something. Well, I guess that there's a line there because the average person, you're probably white, right? I guess I'm biased by the fact that I know a lot of successful men who regularly have prostitutes, and it's actually very, very big amongst a, <sighs> certain groups of successful men. It's huge. <laughs> but but, no, but if, like if the average but, man. But a doll. But a, a prostitute. But a whore at the bunny ranch is two thousand dollars. An actual clean, regulated attract, not like a crack whore. Now we're not talking about stretch mark Sally over down by the train tracks. We're talking about an actual, a clean prostitute over at like the Bunny Ranch in Nevada. That's going to cost you the same amount of money as an entire sex doll that you can fuck as much as you want. Oh, so I totally agree. I think the sex doll could be the poor man's girlfriend experience. And if again, if that happens, I think no. that uh, actually, you know what really it is, would bring about a big change. Do you know what sex doll? You know what poor people's sex dolls are? Animals and dead bodies. Okay. That's those are that's sex dolls for poor people. <laughs> Animals and dead bodies. Don't be that guy. It's not worth it. There's very little difference well, between a woman and a sex doll. Oh yeah, I, I keep forgetting. Yeah, yeah, Hermit. Because no, Hermit, you're like you're the perfect per, like because Hermit, you actually have a actual girlfriend and you have a sex doll, so you could actually do like. We we blindfolded happy humble hermit. Could he tell the difference between pussy and doll pussy? Let's find out. I've done that. I think I talked about it in my video where I talked about Asenia more in depth. But I've done experiments myself where I smashed the doll, like before going over to her house, 
or after leaving her, then I smash the doll, and there's literally no fucking difference. Like, so if you I mean, wait, so if you put both, if you put your girlfriend and your sex doll in like the doggy style position behind like a curtain, like it's like, can you tell that it's like the a taste test challenge where they blindfold people and they they give them a sample of each, and you're like, can you tell the difference? I would say, um, does Herman know why kids prefer like, cinnamon toast crunch? Yeah, like you have it. Like, you had to put porn on, obviously, but besides that, because, like, the doll you can have unprotected sex with, I don't do that, um, so that order, it already has that advantage. Um, yeah, that's but, a big Yeah, one there's me. not much different at all, because, like, the doll, like, naturally moves. Like, it's still stiff, but, like, it naturally, like, moves with you, so it's not as, it's not as jarring as I thought it would be, um, so absolutely, if you're just, like, sick of the bullshit, or you're just, um concerned about the false allegations you're just like maybe you're busy and you don't have time to do all that stuff then absolutely just get a doll because you're not missing out on much if you just stick with the doll yeah I mean, when i was dating yeah, I, used, I used to between... like blow jobs because i didn't have to wear a condom condoms suck but uh now i don't need a condom so i don't need i don't even like blowjobs anymore i'm like yeah i'll fucking you had a hole right there yeah, honestly, I think the biggest difference for most guys is shame. Uh, most guys are rewarded in a societal value sense when they have a girlfriend. Congratulations, you got one. Uh, whereas with a sex doll, we have we still have a big stigma, obviously. The moment sex dolls become neutral, not we don't know if they ever will, but if they became neutral, that then society would experience a shift. Well, here's the thing. Women, I mean, again, the sexual liberation for women was decades ago. Um, and yeah, women can own like a drawer full of dildos and vibrators and their boyfriend's not going to care because the boyfriend's not threatened by them. In fact, they even have like uh, sex toy parties that are kind of like, you know, like Tupperware parties where women actually buy dildos and vibrators with their friends. Like they have someone come to a party and show off sex toys and it's like a big thing. Like I had a female coworker throwing a sex toy party, inviting the other. It's so weird. Like imagine guys like, hey, bro, we're having a waifu party. We're going to have body pillows and robots. We're all going to buy a waifu and, and Phil's going to bring a doll. We're all going to fuck her in the bedroom. Yeah, we're going to run a trade on this waifu. Yeah, bro, this Friday, you're all high-fiving each other. Like, is that day ever going to come? Probably not. That would be weird. I'm saying that would be weird. I would be uncomfortable if one of my coworkers invited me to a waifu fucking party. Um, so, yeah, that day is probably not going to come. Now, as far as the validation of society, I don't give a shit at all. <laughs> like, that that's actually... Yeah, well, that's, that's the, the other side. The external validation, that is something that, like... I don't think... That's the biggest thing, stopping people from going their own way. If you feel like you need the approval of society, that is going to be your biggest obstacle to not just going your own way, but self-actualization and everything. Like you're 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 basically you gotta cut, you gotta get away from the herd, cut away you know, from sex the herd. This is gonna change real quickly. Um, I told TFM I think it was like two or three weeks ago, but as I was leaving work, I saw this guy driving in a car with a sex doll in his passenger seat, and it's in like the middle of fucking nowhere. And, you know, that was impressive. And then everywhere I'm looking now in, like, different forums and shit, people are talking about sex dolls. It's not as... The conception of, like, sex dolls being, like, blow-up dolls, which is what I had originally, that is not the case anymore. Um, people are understanding how good these things look. So I think there's a small window that they're going to have to ban the sex dolls or it's just going to fucking blow up. So was that guy who had the sex doll in his uh, passenger seat 
was he driving in um in a carpool lane because that's no, something I've heard. It's of. like no, nah, he was in yeah. the middle of nowhere. He's just driving, well, just driving around on. with a sex doll in his I passenger seat. It's fucking one, crazy. Uh, I have a horror story about that. So there's a guy on my Discord server who's a trucker, <laughs> and he bought a he bought a waifu, and he had the waifu in his package because you know you're a truck driver, you want something pretty next to you that you can look at. He was pulling in to get gas, and someone called the cops saying that he he kidnapped a little girl. And had him, you know, stashed in his truck. And the fucking cops pulled guns on him and drug him out and had him on the ground uh, to go, like, save this poor girl. In the, oh, it was the sex doll. Oh, whoops. So after <laughs> a, after that, he just he left the sex doll in the back. Because, you know, trucks have that bedroom in the back. Which sucks, because, you know, you'll want to have your waifu riding shotgun. So if you want to, like, you know, stroke her cheek or hold her hand or just look over at her, no, can't do that because fucking busybodies are going to call the cops on you thinking you kidnapped someone. It's like, don't, like, here's like, look, this is a little PSA. If you see a trucker with a, a young-looking girl in their truck driver, get a good look and see if they're blinking and doing shit. Like, if they're just literally just sitting there not blinking... Maybe they're a sex doll. I'm just saying. Maybe don't call the cops and have them draw guns on them. Just a little PSA. Friendly neighborhood PSA for our truck driving brothers who trying to live the waifu life who in peace and having guns drawn on them. Yeah, jealousy is something else. Well, it's kind of like how there was that father. There was a there was a single father who was taking his young daughter on a road trip, and every time they stopped at a hotel the cops would show up because they were reported because they thought he was a pedophile raping some little girl. And he was just a single father on a road trip with his daughter. But every time they pulled into a hotel, the cops got called on him. So it's like there's just this assumption. Like, you know, because, you know, truckers, you know, the guy's, I don't know how old he is, probably an older guy. So, yeah, you see an older guy with a young, attractive girl. Oh, like, oh clearly he's kidnapped her. Clearly he's raping her. It's like, but it's, it, yeah, there's just so much assumption. Like, you never see that. Like, you see a, a single mom no one's like, oh, obviously, that's a cougar raping that poor underage boy. No one thinks that. But you know, it's just, it's fucked. That's just, welcome to the misandrian society where a single father is an assumed pedophile and a trucker with a sex doll waifu is an assumed kidnapper. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that uh, MGTOW, and, and some of you guys have said MGTOW isn't, you know, for everybody. And I, I think permanently, no, but I do think that every guy should go through a MGTOW period uh, because he'd be a better guy for it to not define himself through what, you know, he gets or gives women uh, or gets from women or what have you. But one of the great rewards of that process is you can internalize and understand that aspect of the anger like it's not always just about women right like a lot of people only talk about the anger that comes from whatever they thought about women and now they took the red pill and see the truth but the other aspect is being a man in society and having to take responsibility oh, for hold on raging wait, wait. golden eagle says feminism freed men drama alert so tfm have you done the sweet corn challenge with celestina inquiring minds want to know we remember feeding the cat all right well, okay, again, I agree, feminism did free men between second-wave feminism and yes means yes and me too, but that golden age is coming to a close because women are basically altering the deal. Um, 
as far as the sweet corn challenge the sweet corn challenge is literally cat was afraid of getting shit on his dick he, he's afraid of having anal with someone because he doesn't want to dick shit all over his dick so i told them just have the girl eat nothing but sweet corn for a few days so that instead of poop her her ass will have nothing but sweet corn in it and then it's like putting your dick in a ball pit of sweet corn and you won't get shit all over your dick uh that's the sweet corn challenge so it's basically a way for people who are afraid of anal to ease their way into being comfortable with trying anal i obviously i don't have that problem <laughs> i don't give a shit you know i don't care if i get shit on my dick you're gonna wash up anyway like after you fuck someone you're gonna whether you use a condom or not you're gonna like you don't want to like go to you don't just roll over and go to sleep after you fuck you're gonna you're gonna take the condom off throw it away or you're gonna wash your dick off because you got your stuff all over it so you're gonna clean your dick anyway so what's like just clean your shit off anyway like just use a baby wipe use whatever just whatever who cares you're like sex is disgusting if you really think about it Think about the mechanics of sex and all the fluids it's a disgusting thing so what's this one more bodily fluid What's one more organic substance on your dick? Now, obviously, Celestina's dick is completely, uh, you know, clean. Like, you could, I could put sweet corn candy up. I could put, like, candy corn up her ass and use her as a candy dish if I want. Uh, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing up there that's good, that's dirty. So that's not, it's not an issue because Celestina does not have a digestive system, does not produce poop. No, Celestina doesn't have a dick. Yeah, we know you like butt stuff, so I didn't did know I... Celestina had a dick. Oh, did I? Uh, I must... <laughs> if I misspoke, Celestina does not have a dick. They do make shemale inserts for sex dolls, but not interested in that. If I misspoke, I apologize. TFM, I listen to your podcast with one man's chorus. He has 423 subscribers. I have 12,000. How can I get an interview with you for my channel? It's about men going our own way instead of the governments when it comes to courthouses. All right. So basically, I will collaborate with anyone who asks me in good faith. So I'm not like one of those elitist guys like, oh, no, your channel's too small. I, I don't have time for you. Just email me and say, hey, I can, can we do a collab or whatever? Um, I'm fine. I'm like, sure. As long as, like, I don't want to do any internet blood sports. I don't want to do any debates. But if you just ask me in good faith, if you want to do a collab, I honestly don't care how many subscribers you have. Um, you could be a brand new channel if you want to do something together. I'm fine with that. Just, uh, you know, no ulterior motives, no debates, no blood sports. Just come to me in good faith and we'll work out a time. And so, okay. I can't remember what we're talking about. Something, yeah, something like I can't. Oh, having a dick. A, Did I say Celestina had a dick? The whole thing. Did I actually? I don't remember saying Celestina had a dick. No, you know, you, yeah, you, I, you did. did. I, I, I actually remember that, too. All right. So, okay. I'm yeah, sorry. It it's late. You, you she did, it does not have a dick, by the way. <laughs> but, no, we were, you, know, you were talking about the, um, you know, man, every, every man's a predator, that kind of thing. And I think that's part of the rage that men is, is having. You know, that's what the whole Gillette commercial a lot of that was, was, I'm not that guy. Why are you making me responsible for that guy? And I think the irony of that is that they think that that's some kind of effective uh, weapon, but all it does is it makes it easier for men to overcome the shaming tactics because if you've never abused anyone, you know that for a fact, and it's easier to say, well, then screw what you think about me. I'm just going to do what I want to do anyway. 
Well, shame only works if you value the the validation of the people shaming you. This is why mm -hmm. in my video series, The Enemies of Man, I talk about ego. Uh, so you need to make yourself immune to shame. And now, by extension, that also makes you immune to flattery. So when people try to flatter you or shame you, it doesn't it doesn't mean anything to you. That's actually why when people like compliment me, like, oh, TFM, I'm such a big fan. You saved my life. Like, I, I want to be gracious and thank them. But like it bothers me at some level uh, because flattery usually is a form of manipulation. And usually when someone's trying to butter me up, um, it's usually because they're trying to manipulate me. They're trying to put me in a good mood for me to do something. And so uh, like, I understand most people don't mean it that way. They're, they're being sincere. But it's just like flattery and shame. My brain processes them the same way. And all I see is you're, you're trying to manipulate me. You're trying to manipulate me. Hold on. I remember all that Onice deflection, by the way. So that would be no, you haven't done the challenge with Celestina. No Mexican beer and my book go to TFM must. I don't... I mean, I put my dick in Celestina's ass. I mean, so I guess I've done the sweet corn challenge, but I, I like feeding Celestina sweet corn isn't going to do anything because she doesn't have a digestive system. Your sex dolls haven't gotten to that level yet. Yeah, why would they? They they run on nothing. <laughs> well, they don't run on anything. You, you have to manually poke uh, them. Even the robots. The robots would have batteries, so they don't have they don't need the digestive system anyway. Well, listen, you guys were fantastic. Uh, great discussion. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm going to let the next caller hop on. Uh, hopefully right. we'll have another discussion like this again. You guys have All a great right. night. Take care. All right, thanks for... Oh, sorry, Shogun. I didn't mean to cut you off. All right, that's going to be our last caller. That's we're already at two and a half hours. So the rest of tonight's show will be banana questions. Okay, so this is a question I started to answer before we started taking the calls. Um... How can I become a good thought whisperer without dating? What are some key ideas? All right, so it's really simple. If you want to understand women, all you have to understand is women are children. So how do you understand? When a child says something, you can interpret what they're saying. Because children are usually like, they're bad liars, but usually can really ascertain what they're trying to do. You know, so women are basically children. They're like the most mature teenager in the house at, at best. Best case scenario, they're like tweens. So if you think of women as children and you give them that mentality and you just like, how do you, how would you handle a child? How would you interpret what a child wants? How would you deal with a child? That's how you deal with women. That's how you understand women. That's how you interpret women. In fact, if, like instead of buying a PUA book, buy a parenting book. A parenting book and a PUA book are probably going to give you the same advice because that's how you deal with women regardless I mean, without the sex, obviously PUA books have a lot of sex. Don't, you know, obviously not that part, but like the dealing with them in relationships is basically you treat them the way you treat children and they'll respect you. All right. Uh, let's see. Okay, this is kind of, uh, let's see. All right, there's a question. So uh, someone writes, I spend too much time on social media and the woman bashing side of MGTOW. I need to focus on self-actualizing. Self so I will cut myself off social media for a few months. I want to talk about conversational and complicated topics, but I can't because free speech is dead. Also, norm normies aren't worth talking to. How can I find an outlet for these urges without social media? Um, well, I mean, you can come on my Discord server. That's 
but that's kind of social media if you think about it it's still a, a so i don't know um honestly it's not about cutting out social media it's about cutting out like the distractions of social media so for example uh i i got banned from twitter for hateful conduct of course and someone asked me why don't i just start like a new account like yeah i'll have to start from ground zero with no followers and whatever i think i had like over i can't remember uh I had like a few thousand followers on Twitter, but whatever. Here's what I realized. When I was banned from Twitter, I realized like I wasn't really doing much on Twitter. There were a few people I was catching up with. There was a few um, groups I was associated with that I was keeping up on. But having been banned from Twitter and having lost touch with those groups, nothing of value was lost. You know, nothing had really changed dramatically. I can't really say that. I really need to start a new Twitter. I really need to get back on Twitter because I'm missing out on all these great things. There are some things that I miss, but honestly, in the grand totality, I mostly just waste time on Twitter. I was just, I was keeping up on tweets. I was responding. I was posting funny memes. And yeah, I I wasn't really, it was a lot of wasted time. And so I found that just walking away from the, that kind of media, that kind of social media, like Twitter, walk away from Twitter, Facebook, that kind of stupid shit. But honestly, I have really good conversations in my Discord server. There's a lot of really smart people, and we talk about real shit. And because it's invite only, uh, you know, you could kind of talk. I mean, we do have server rules. There are there is the Discord terms of service, but we generally kind of just we talk about what's what we feel. Um, and there's not unlike you know Twitter or Facebook. There's not like a record where someone's going to go back and like look up old tweets you said like six years ago and try to get you fired or whatever. So maybe instead of walking away from all social media and trying to find some outlet in the real world, maybe just limit your social media to uh, restricted outlets such as Discord or something like that where you're kind of a higher level of conversation instead of just, you know, non-productive shitposting. Okay. Uh, Let me just... Okay, here we go. This is an interesting question. Uh, TFM, I've never been in a serious relationship, and I don't intend to given how toxic women have become towards men. However, I do have this nagging feeling that I'm missing out by not committing with a woman. The feeling is made worse that most of my friends who are in relationships tell me how great their girlfriends are. How do you overcome such a feeling? Talk to divorce men. <laughs> that's, that's how you do it. So here's the problem. Uh, yeah, when you're young and the hormones are in the driver's seat, and your, your feelings are turned up to 11, you're, you're just on cloud nine. You're like, oh, man, this is so wonderful. Hooray. As someone who's had girlfriends and relationships and whatnot, there isn't a single one that I would keep. <laughs> like, you know, Amor, Amor, uh, Amor Fati with notwithstanding, uh, every relationship I have ever been in has always cost me more than I got out of it. Has been a waste of my time, my money, uh, my tears, you know, all that shit like that. I would gladly, you know, men in black the memories away if I could get back what I spent. It's just, it's bullshit. So the problem is, this is actually a very common thing. When you're single and lonely, all you see are couples. And it's basically a, a form of confirmation bias. So you want to have a relationship you want to have a girlfriend and so you're subconsciously seeking out couples and you're talking to guys in good relationships because you're 
you're basically confirming your own bias. You're trying, and what it is, I'm going to like be a little armchair, armchair psychologist, is you're trying to justify going to the plantation. You are using your confirmation bias to acquire uh, confirming information that going on the plantation is a good thing. This is, the, this is where the rationalization of, oh, I'm missing out. I, to be a well-rounded person, I need to experience relationships. And basically, you're just trying to rationalize and justify getting a girlfriend and, and having sex and all that stuff. So if you, I mean, just if that's what you're going to do, just do it. You know, fuck the justification and rationalization. Just go do what you want. But take responsibility for it. Don't play the victim when it blows up in your face. But also, if you're serious about uh, trying to overcome these feelings, then you need to stop going to people who are confirming your justification and start talking to people who are going to disprove it. Go talk to divorced men who haven't seen their kids in years. Um, talk to them about like, you know, when you first met your wife, you know, tell me what it was like. They'll tell you, oh man, me and my, my ex-wife, when we first met, we were so in love and everything was great. But, oh man, as soon as I put a ring on it, as soon as, as soon as she got pregnant, basically as soon as a woman knows she has her hooks in you and she's going to get her pound of flesh one way or the other, the mass drops. I've had this happen to me. I've had girlfriends where, and honestly, this is kind of a double-edged sword. So I have this, I don't know if it's a fetish or whatever. I like being really lovey-dovey. Like, and you know, yeah, it's it's not, I didn't maintain frame, I guess. I actually enjoy being really lovey-dovey with a girl. And girls take that as a sign of like, oh, I've got him wrapped around my finger. So now, so what happens is it would cause women to drop the mask prematurely because they thought I was so in love that um, I would just tolerate whatever bullshit they threw at me. So they treated me like as if they had already gotten pregnant or as if we were already married because they thought I was so in love. They didn't realize, though, that I just like acting that way. It helps enhance the emotional bond and helps the sex feel better. And it kind of worked out in my favor because they ended up dropping the mask and cheating on me, thinking they could get away with it because I was so in love with them. And they found out real quick that that's more or less just how I act when I'm in a relationship. <laughs> It uh, kind of blew up in their face pretty hard. So, yeah, every relationship starts out good, and it's good until it's not. Until you find out she's cheating on you, or you find out she fucks someone else, or you find out that she basically just was acting a certain way until she got her claws in you, got pregnant, or got a ring on it. So go talk to those guys. Hear the whole story. Right now, you're probably talking to your young friends with girlfriends. They've probably only been dating these chicks for a couple months, if that. And they're in the honeymoon phase. Everything's perfect. And you're only talking to them because you secretly want to follow in their footsteps, even though you know it's a bad idea. So, you know, if you're going to, if you want to do it, just do it. Just own it. Say, look, I want to, I don't want to die a virgin. I got to get a girlfriend. Uh, and then go do it. And then be like, oh shit, she ruined my life. That was a bad idea. I'm like, yeah, we warned you. But, you know, gotta, whatever, man. It's your life. I'm just, I'm giving you the facts. It's up to you to decide what you want to do with it. All right. Um, TFM, can a man still get divorce raped if their wife makes a considerable amount more of money? Yes. Because the wife will still get primary custody, if not sole custody, and the husband will still have to pay child support. Now, if the woman is the breadwinner and the man is a stay-at-home parent, he, she might have to pay him alimony, but that's, a, that's assuming he gets custody. That very rarely happens. 
even in cases where the woman is the breadwinner, they'll often still give her custody because feminism. So, no, there is no... Unfortunately, like, it, it, you could try to tilt the odds in your favor. Like, if your wife is the breadwinner and you are the stay-at-home parent, that tips the odds in your favor. But then you're basically... It's a crapshoot of what judge you get. If you get a misandric, man-hating feminist judge and the family court is... That's, like, the par for the course... You are fucked. It doesn't matter what you do. So, yeah, just I, I understand you're you're looking for a loophole. There is no loophole. Stay away. It's it's totally fucked. Just wait for the collapse. Take women's rights away. Then we'll talk. Oh God, it's a bad one. This is the bad one, everyone. Just heads up. How can I help my sister? She is a feminist, but she says she wants to have children. The problem is that one, in my family of my mother, they usually have a problem of premature menopause. My mom got menopause around 34. Two, when I explain it, she says that medicine or science will solve it later. No joking. I just give up or is there something I can do? I mean, you could show her the facts, but honestly, you know, she's like the last guy. Uh, her, her mind, she has this plan. And she's using confirmation bias to justify her what she already wants to do. And she's going to ignore whatever evidence you give her because she, she knows what she wants to do and she just wants to do it and she wants to justify it to herself. So there's literally nothing you can do. Just be like, all right, well, enjoy that. Uh, when you turn out to be infertile and you end up uh, buying a bunch of cats and dressing them as babies, uh, that'll be your fault. And then you just have your sex doll wave to her, but goodbye, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, you can't save people who don't want to be saved. That's really the moral of that story. All right. Someone's asking me, will I debate destiny? Nope. I, I don't do debates. I, w I will do a in good faith discussion. Even if you have con uh, different views than me, I would, w I want to discuss differences like we can have a, a discussion about like the things you disagree with me on and i can explain them but if it's it has to be like in a good faith way if you're just gonna be like all right oh i scored a point i win the debate eat shit motherfucker i'm not interested in that all right why are we working on normalizing gender dysphoria and pedophilia but we ridiculed those with schizophrenia and autism this is because according to progressivism, everybody's the same. So whether you're a man or a woman or whether you identify as a man or a woman or whether you like to fuck kids or goats or, you know, midgets, whatever you're into, we're all the same. That's progressivism. Schizophrenia and autism have nothing to do with progressivism. So therefore, progressivism isn't championing those forms of mental illness. I don't even think autism is a form of mental illness because, you know, on the spectrum, being gifted is a form of autism. So if you were especially gifted as a child, technically you're on the autism spectrum. So it's like, whatever, that's, that's not mental illness. That's just like, what is it, a, uh, a social disability? Schizophrenia is a legit mental illness, though. If you hear voices... You know, they're like telling you to murder people or something. You should definitely ignore those voices. Generally a good idea to live a happy life. Ignore the voice in your head telling you to murder people. Um, what argument would you say defeats white privilege? What, again, I did a video about this. White privilege is real. White privilege. 
is the privilege that white people have to not be able to blame other people for their problems. Now, I know there's some people, there are some white people who blame Jews for their problems, and they're stupid. But the average person, the average white guy, he basically has to sink or swim by his own merit. He can't blame other people. He can't be a victim because nobody gives a shit. That is a privilege because it makes you stronger. And so when the, when the shit hits the fan, the people who actually struggled and became stronger are going to be all right. The people who are only there because of a quota, they're going to be the first ones on the chopping block when there's like downsizing at a company because they were never worth a shit. So that is a privilege. The privilege of not being fucking coddled like a baby. All right, next question. Okay, so oh, how about I start the giveaway? Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about the giveaway. So, okay, there's a, here's what we're giving away, everyone. Shout out to our sponsor, Fond Love. Go to fondlove.com, use code TURD to save 15%. And Fond Love has some, like, legit sex toys, and they're already really cheap. Some of them are, like, already 50% off, and then you save an additional 15% off with the, the code TURD. You're going to, like, I don't know if they still have these in stock. They had, like, generic fleshlights that had the plastic shell and everything for, like, 10 bucks. That is so cheap. Like, even on Amazon, they're, like, 20 bucks. So you're getting, like, a generic fleshlight for 10 bucks plus 15% off. So definitely check out Fawn Love. But they also sponsor the show, and we give away sex toys. And today's toy, we're giving away a doggy-style ass. And if you want to know what that is, it's basically... Imagine a sex doll, but cut the legs off and cut the body off above, like, the, the waist. So it's just the waist, the pussy, and the ass. Now, wh why would you want that? Well, when you're holding a fleshlight, you're holding it like you're masturbating. Even if it's, like, a thick fleshlight, you don't hold, like, when you're having sex with a chick, you're holding her by her hips. You know, you're grabbing her ass. You're holding her, you know, you're holding her body. You're not holding her like a Pringles can. So your brain knows you're you're masturbating, but when you when you have a sex doll, whether it's a doggy style ass or a hobbit torso or something like that, uh, you're holding it like you're actually having sex. So you combine that with some VR, and then it's a, it feels a lot more real because you're not masturbating; you're actually holding this toy like a real woman. So that is the advantage of this. And this doggy style ass, I think it's worth forty dollars. And it has, like, stimulating... Now, I did review a very similar product, but it, they've, they've redesigned it. They've added these stimulating pearls. They're basically plastic pearls woven into the into the, the pussy part that create additional friction points. So, there you go. It's a $40 value from our sponsor, Fond Love, and we're giving it away. Now, again, I mentioned this last week. I mentioned at the beginning of the show. U.S. residents only because this is through Amazon, and it's U.S. only. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, if I could, if I had the ability, I would help you, but it's U.S. only. That's not me. That's the sponsor. Also, you got to be able to give me your shipping information. So just, you're going to DM it to me. If, if you feel uncomfortable giving me your shipping information, don't enter the contest because you obviously can't accept your prize. Um, it can be like if you're worried about getting docs, I don't know, like put down a buddy's address or something. But, you know, you, I got they got to ship it somewhere. I can't, like, teleport it to you. And that's it. So good luck, everyone. Uh, enjoy your uh, your doggy-style ass if you win. Okay, so, and on that note, people are still asking me, what do you do to enter the, enter the contest? So 
So basically what I'm about to do is, okay, I'm going to press enter and what will happen is the bot will, will say that, okay, there's, there's a giveaway going on and it'll describe the prize too. So what you do is you click the party popper and no, it's not the one you're looking at right now because I didn't press enter. Because if you click that one, you're not going to get into it. So you click the party popper and wait 10 minutes and the winner will be announced, okay? So I'm going to press enter now and then the next post that you see by the giveaway bot in the Discord chat, that's the one you want to click, okay? Right, starting right now. Yeah, go ahead and pin it and then unpin it after the show. Right, that's what I'm going to do. Right. So yeah, click the party popper emoji and that'll enter you into the contest. Again, U.S. residents only. Be sure that you want the product and you're willing to uh, give me your shipping information to pass along to the sponsor. All right. And I, and I used the very descriptive name I used last time. The fond love pussy ass doll with beads woven into it for extra pleasure and stuff. There you go. All right. A um, few more banana. We got like over 20 banana questions, so we're probably not going to get to them all. But, okay, has school become too safe and too sheltered? Definitely too sheltered. Um, see, I'm not against the way the schools have been trying to stop bullying because I think bullying is bullshit. But, yeah, the whole, like, safe space. Like, you see these kids in college having mental breakdowns because of Donald Trump and people, like, just saying something they don't like, like, actually crying. Like, that is just fucking retarded. Like, these people, they're basically... They're, they're like preschoolers. It's like the kind of shit like you see at a preschool when like, you know, the parents leave the kid at school for the first time and the kid's just crying their eyes out. That's like what I, I see in these college kids bitching about their safe spaces. They're like giant preschoolers. Why are vegans only targeting the men who eat meat and not the women? Because they're gynocentric? I don't know. Like, it's easy, like... It's so much easier. There's a dominance instinct. There's also gynocentrism. It's so easy to target a man. Find the nearest man to blame. This is why, you know, trad cucks blame MGTOW. They blame sex dolls. Everything other than feminism. Anything other than blaming women or talking about taking women's rights away. It has, like, let's take men's rights away. Yeah, fuck. Like, oh, you can't take women's rights away. That'll never happen. But you're actively trying to take men's rights away. Well, yeah. So... Taking women's rights away is impossible. But let's take men's rights away? Yeah, sounds good to me. It's like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, who yeah, hurt about you? That, about that particular topic. Oh, dang it. So, I know. What's your opinion on renouncing U.S. citizenship to legally avoid taxes? Is it a good or bad idea considering the inchworming towards socialism? Yeah, well, you gotta leave the country first. Like, so what you need to do is you need to get dual citizenship... You need to move your assets to the other country and then renounce your... And that happens all the time, by the way. I remember when Obama was president, that this happened a lot. Uh, he was going... He was basically trying to do this whole, like, millionaire tax and trying to get all this, all these millionaires to spend their money. And they just basically threw their U.S. citizenship away. Like, yeah, fuck you, Obama. And they just, like, renounced their U.S. citizenship. So, yeah, but you can't just renounce your... You can't just not have citizenship. Like, if you live in the United States, you can't just be like... I'm not a U.S. citizen anymore. You know, like a, like these sovereign citizens people, that's not going to work. You need to get dual citizenship, leave the country, go somewhere else, then renounce your citizenship after you've moved your assets. Any, okay, Shogun, you were saying? All right. Shogun is busy. 
Uh, did the sexual revolution make oh, women more oh, hypergamous? Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot that I had, had pushed a talk on. Sorry about that. But um, anyway, what I was saying was is that they did a study on this and and the, and to see whether men believe eating meat was masculine. And turns out, yes. Um, it was actually on the Tom Liker show a while back. Okay, hold on. Hey, TFM, what happened to stream? Me, did it got shut down or banned? Uh, yeah, the owner shut it down because the owner got doxxed. His wife got threatened. I'm pretty sure what happened is his wife made him shut it down because the wife was getting death threats, um, all kinds of stupid shit. So, yeah, the the owner of the site shut the entire site down, just killed it completely. So, yeah, it's gone forever. But, you know, there you go. Oh, well. Anyway, so, so, Shogun, was that it? You're just saying, you know, meat increases masculinity? No, I was just saying that that it's belief that men eating meat is a masculine thing. So that's my assumption of why they go after men for eating meat. That's that's all. That's basically what I was going to say. Yeah, make makes sense. Um, okay, as far as did the sexual revolution make women more hypergamous? No, you know what made women more hypergamous? The welfare state. Because women desire resources, and now men not only have to compete with each other, they have to compete with the welfare state. Because if a woman can take, especially now with the divorce system and family court, so basically you have to make it. In order for a woman not to leave you, you have to basically offer her a better deal than taking half your shit and going on welfare. Yeah, and this is why women don't need to have nearly as many options, because the more options you give them, the less faithful they're going to be. Right, and now, and with alimony, there's literally no reason for them. To stay. They did that on purpose because feminism argued these women are staying in abusive relationships because they're financially dependent on these bad men. We need alimony and child support and welfare so that women can leave these abusive men. And really, all it did is it raised women's hypergamy standards so that now men had to compete with all this bullshit. And women could still take their... It's like, it's fucked. That's what killed it. It wasn't necessarily the sexual revolution. It was welfare. Now, it just so happened, all this happened in the 60s. The sexual revolution happened in the 60s. The massive welfare expansion known as the Great Society happened in the 60s. So, thanks, boomers. Fucking idiots. This is why I have no pity for boomers. When they're like, don't take my social security away. It's a sacred promise. Yeah, fuck you. Remember in the 60s where you fucked us all? You fucked America, you pieces of shit? Enjoy your golden years, Grandpa. Anyway, I'm sorry, I, that went a little far. I apologize. I don't really, but, you know. Fuck boomers. You know, Can I get a fuck boomers in the chat? Fuck boomers. All yeah, right. that's uh, the boomers. Let's see. Would it be possible for the black community to have a bring the patriarchy movement? Hold on. Was having a conversation about hypergamy with a guy of German descent. I mentioned the example of the French women and the Nazis. He said, the Germans were superior men of valor, so why wouldn't the women want them? Your thoughts, TFM or Shogun? Uh, wait, so he's basically confirming hypergamy and he's justifying it. So you know what this reminds me of? It's like these PUAs. And trad cucks who basically, when a man gets divorce raped, he wasn't alpha enough. He picked the wrong one. He, uh, he should have picked a better woman. Like, it's always the man's fault. 
So you pointed out an obvious uh, gynocentric example in history where men who collaborated with the Nazis in World War II were executed as traitors, while the women who collaborated with the Nazis in World War II simply had their heads shaved. They weren't killed. They weren't even imprisoned. They had their heads shaved. And that was it. Like, oh, let's shave your head. Oh, that'll teach you. Oh, come here, man. We're going to kill you. We're going to murder you for being a traitor while we shave the heads of women for doing the exact same thing. And his result, his example is, well, of course, the Germans had, they were so alpha. Like, God damn it. Like, do you hold the camera while your wife gets fucked? Fucking is, it's like in American Psycho. He's like pointing at you and smiling while he's fucking. It's like, yeah, hold that camera, Chad. You're like, oh, God. Like, what kind of a big, massive cucker are you? Damn! Anyway. Okay, um, so back to the question. So, Shogun, what... Oh, my God. Celestine, you're killing me. Can't even get a word in. Is the middle class dying? If so, then why? Also, where are good places to get dual citizenship? Uh, well, dual citizenship, you have to have some kind of tie to the country. So, if you are... You know... If you have family in another country, start there. If, you're, if your ancestors are from a certain country, start there. You have to have some kind of tie to the country to get dual citizenship. And honestly, it doesn't matter which country. Whatever country, you can manage it. Um, as far as the first question... Oh, shit, I forgot the first part of the question. Hold on, let me pull up. I have an app that keeps track of the donations, and I should be able to read uh, what it's... Oh, the middle class dying. All right, so... The middle class is basically arbitrarily defined as what is the middle class? It's like 30 some thousand to 80,000 is the middle class. It's basically arbitrarily defined as like they just take the average incomes and they just slice it up into like quadrants and decide you're poor, you're working class, you're middle class, you're upper class. Done. So the middle class will never die because there'll always be like some arbitrary distinction of ranges. Is the middle class getting smaller? I No, I don't think so. I don't think the middle class is getting smaller. However, a lot of jobs are being replaced that like basically the middle class is becoming the upper class. Like basically if you're a low skill, if you're in the middle class but you're a low skill, you're probably going to descend into poverty. But if you're in the upper part of the middle class, you're going to ascend into the upper class. So, but, but these are all arbitrary distinctions. So a lot of people, they use uh, middle class as a euphemism or a synonym for blue-collar work. But talk to a tradesman. Tradesmen make like six figures. They're upper class. Plumbers, electricians, HVAC technicians are upper class. They're making above 80000 a year. A lot of them, even their first year, they're already making above what the middle middle class is. And they're, they're, they work with their hands. So the idea of the middle class is dying may be because it's becoming the upper class. The reason why the averages are broken up that way is because you got a lot of people on welfare. And yeah, fuck those people. Fuck the people on welfare. They don't deserve a middle class. You know what pisses me off? There's a thing called the welfare cliff. A single mom... Uh, working a shitty minimum wage job and on welfare has the equivalent of a $55,000 a year income with all the different welfare programs. That's above the median income. So being a single mom gets you a better lifestyle than, than like the middle of the country. So you're a hardworking person earning 50 k 
you have a lower standard of living than a single mom on welfare because of all these programs that she, they shower upon her, just make it rain with other people's money. And that is bullshit and fuck those people. That's my money. It's my money and I want it now. Um, okay, anyway, back to the question. Um, what Shogun, what are your thoughts about a bring the patriarchy movement in the black community? commit but i doubt it would be even well received because not only do we have a we have so many generations of black men that have been indoctrinated to you know, worship their single mothers but you no know, the gynocentrism just seems like it's just way too much i mean stemming from the hood all the way to the church i don't really believe that it's that it's ever gonna happen i'm just gonna be frank there i, I agree those, i agree yeah except for those, those select few instances, like now, when I was a kid, I actually went to a church that was very patriarchal. It, we actually talked about men being the head of the households, and my dad was super red pilled. Um, he he told me ever since, yeah, ever since '95, he told me a lot about how feminism was essentially trying to take over and and whatnot. Told me about television and 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 all sorts of feminist brainwashing and whatnot, but. What I had was an extreme rarity. You're not going to find that a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah, the black community is extremely gynocentric. Again, during the Great Society in the 60s, the government literally paid black women to destroy their families. They went to these black families and said, hey, if you kick the man out of your house, we'll give you more money. So if you were a poor black family, you got X dollars. But if you were a single mother... Um, you got X dollars plus more. So they were basically bribing black women to abandon and break up their family for money. And they did it without fucking moment's hesitation. And the black community, the reason why it's so shitty is because it's a, it's a matriarchy. Like even the thugs, like, oh, it's not a matriarchy. Look at these tough thugs. Look at how these thugs worship their mothers. Like even these like football players and basketball players, what do they do when they make the NFL or the NBA? They fucking buy mama a house and they let her get like plastic surgery. Like I remember some sports, some athlete, his mom had a bunch of plastic surgery and boob jobs and shit. Like this guy was paying for his mom to be a hoe. Like mama was a thought and he, he, like on her son's dime, son was paying for her plastic surgery and boob jobs so she can be thoughting around like the fuck. But that's, that's just expected. Like you're just expected to worship your mother. That's why the whole yo mama thing is such a big deal because like insulting someone's mother in the ghetto. Oh my God. That's like the worst insult ever. Absolute gynocentrism in the, in the ghetto. What will fix the black community is when the welfare runs out. Cause again, I've said this many times. Feminism is a very expensive illusion. Now, the black community can get away with it because they're only 15% of the population. They're being supported by the taxpayers and the other 85%. But when the welfare runs out, the black community is going to completely self-destruct, which is what happens to all matriarchal societies. Because when the illusion fades, they need a man to take care of them, and there's not going to be any men left. Just, all they got are thugs, all these drug dealer thugs. That's all there's going to be left. They're, nope, they're fucked. And frankly, I don't even give a shit. Fuck them. Fuck them all. Yeah, you know, thugs and simps. Um, that's yeah. basically what a lot. That's basically what comprises of the black community these days. It's it's sad to admit, but it's true. because it, it's well, you, you well, know what I mean. I'm not going to repeat. Yeah, well, I mean, you go, you go to a black church. They'll they'll talk all these sermons about oh, you know, 
sister so-and-so had another bastard. They won't call them bastard kids, but you know they are bastard kids. And they're like, oh, you know, we all got to come together as a congregation and help raise this boy. Like, bitch, the fucking Bible, you should have stoned her ass. Like, that was the problem. Back in ye Bible times, uh, you know, thoughts got stoned. And I don't mean, like, fucking hitting the pipe. I mean, they got fucking rocks thrown upside their head. They got the bad kind of stoning. Not the yeah, crack pipes they're hitting these days. But now it's like they... Well, so let me finish my thought. So they run defense. The church runs defense for single moms. And then shames the men to be to take responsibility for some drug dealer's kid. Because these women... Oh, yeah, they love Jesus. No, they, no, they don't. It's like, and f- fuck you, fuck them all. Like, fuck everything about this bullshit. This is why Christianity's dead. Because it's like... Basically, because Christianity worships pussy. The God and, of Christianity and, is a giant fucking vagina. Exactly. Because now, and even I've seen stuff like this fairly recently where I got invited to this, this church and ah, I went and there was, and as usual, there was one black man that was saying, well, we men need to take responsibility. And he's like, oh yeah, I know we've been saying it for a long, but long time, but we, like, we need to do it. And I'm thinking to myself, do you hang here? Because how can men take responsibility for something that they have no authority over? I wanted to just disrupt the entire service and say that and then just drop everything. Yeah. And, but, like, and because there, but there were a lot of black women there, and I know they wouldn't have liked it. Yeah, they don't. Black women don't like many things. No, it's like, okay, you want men to take responsibility. All right, women, time to submit. Submit, bow right. down. And they're like, what? No, I'm a strong, independent woman. Well, go be strong and independent without. Other people's money, they they can't. Again, when the welfare gets cut, you're gonna find out just how not strong and not independent all these women are. Like once the government, and it's not just the government money they get because women need men to protect and provide for them. So the welfare is only half the situation. They also rely on the police to enforce them. This like I've seen articles of black mothers calling the cops on their teenage son because they can't control their fucking kids. And so they call the cops on their own son and have their sons arrested. Like, that is a failure. Like, I can't even think of a worse example. Like, you have failed as a parent when you have to call the cops on your son because you can't control your own teenage son. And I know what happened. You were a hoe. You ignored your son. You didn't raise him at all. And then you just, you just fucking call the cops on him when he fucking doesn't listen to you. And also, single mothers are super abusive, too. So fuck, fuck single mothers. Fuck single mothers. And if you had a good single mother, congratulations. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the other 99.9%. You know, the ones who give the, that 0.1% a bad name. But I'm glad that you had a good single mother. I'm glad that worked out for you. But most single mothers are absolute pieces of shit. And the sad part is you can't reason with a lot of these single mothers either. I mean, especially with the black ones. Like, I was actually trying to quote some statistics and then she was immediately dismissive because, like, well, my son turned out good because they can't really see past their own little oh, anecdote okay. there. My because... mom, okay, hold on. I got personal story. My mom said the same thing because I actually made something of myself as opposed to, like, my other siblings. Uh, she brags to people about, like, how I turned out and, and my success and whatnot. I'm like, bitch, that was 100% in spite of you. I don't, like, frankly, I don't even know how I turned out okay. By all intents and purposes, I should be a statistic. Somehow, despite everything, I made it out okay. And she wants to take credit for it. Like, she's a good mother because one of her kids didn't turn out to be a complete fuck-up. Yeah, it's 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 absurd. 
Look, bitches be cray Yeah, it's all about feels to them, but yeah, we've beaten this horse uh, to death yeah. already. I guess we can move on to next. Yeah, just, there's no point reasoning with women. You just pat their head and walk away. That or slap uh, their face. Well, de- depending on if they, yeah, if they fucking want to throw down, like there's that video from World Star of this guy throwing a chair, to, like a woman pulled a knife on a guy, and he just picked up a chair and hit her in the head with it, and knocked her the fuck out. It's like, yeah, that 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 warmed my heart. Anyway, um, let's see. Do you feel technology has killed the need for raw masculinity in the modern world? Also, is overdependence on technology making us less likely to achieve something than in the past? No, because you're confusing physical strength with masculinity. So I'll give you an example. Uh, one of the people I most admire is Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs was not a, a gym bro. He, he was not like some guy who went around pumping iron and crushing cans on his forehead. But he was a great leader, an inspiring leader. And he, he knew how to take charge. He made Apple the most financially successful country in America because he ran a multi-billion dollar company like a small business. He had such charisma that people just listened to him. You know what I like about UTFM? Everything. Remember Boycott Mexican Beer? Aw. I'm blushing, Celestina, thank you. And I, I will boycott Mexican Beer. I can't, I can't say yes to Mexican Beer, but I can't say no to you. Anyway, um, so Steve Jobs was a great leader, very charismatic. He knew how to command respect. That is masculinity. But he wasn't like a physically strong person. And obviously, not only was he integral to technology, he was like a nerd. You know, he helped, he he made computers when he was in college. Uh, he was, you know, so don't confuse masculinity with physical strength alone. Masculinity is all the things which differentiate men and women. That includes physical strength. Um, but it also includes intelligence, leadership, charisma, courage. Uh, so physical strength is nice, but technology is a force multiplier. If you have technology, you don't necessarily need physical strength. I mean, it's good to be, it's good to work out, be healthy, but you know, that's not the end all be all of masculinity. There's a lot of gym bros who are cucks, by the way. A lot of these guys who like, they could bench press and chill. I've seen videos of these guys who are like bodybuilders letting their girlfriend fucking talk shit and hit them. And they've got like arms the size of like small children and they're like getting, they're letting their girlfriend abuse them. It's like, fucking Bane their ass. I fucking pick that bitch up like Batman. I'd be like Bane. I'd be like, crack her over my knee. Be like, I wondered what would break first, your spirit or your body. And then I'd like, that would be it. Fucking done, bitch. Enjoy your wheelchair. The fuck you thinking? Anyway. <laughs> oh, by the way, we do have a winner. His name was. Oh well, he. I've already told him to send you a DM. Okay. So, so hopefully he's already sent it, and he does live in the U.S. I have confirmed that. Okay. Well, what's his name? So I need to confirm it. I mean, unless, okay. did he doc, did he use his real name? If he uses his real name, don't just DM me his real name. But I need to confirm. I don't want random people yeah. saying I won, and then I end up sending it to the wrong guy. Okay. His name was Yori Vendem Vendemit Vendem. I had it right before. Dude, don't dox the guy. That's probably his no. real name. Is that if, if he doxed you, I apologize. I will I will edit this out in post. It does not look like a real name. Alright. 
So let me get this straight I make 25,000 and a single mom makes way more well fuck me. Yeah, yeah, actually you could go to Google image search and just type in the welfare cliff. And you'll actually see what women earn and then all the welfare programs and how they basically cap out at 55k a year um, in the equivalent benefits because they get all this shit for free. And the best part is, here's the other thing, all the benefits are non-taxable. So all the shit they get for free from welfare, they don't pay taxes on it. So all that money you're earning and paying taxes on, again, they have the equivalent benefit of having all this money tax-free, which means it's actually worth more money. Because like if you make 50K, you're actually only taking home about like 30K. But if you make 50K tax-free, then you make 50K. So women are making the equivalent of a $55,000 a year income because they're getting all these tax-free benefits. Ain't that a bitch? Anyway, um, uh, Shogun, I, I, I'm getting my, my monkey senses tingling. Just DM me the guy's name, and I will match his name with the person to make sure it's the right person. But don't say his name because it might be his real name. So I'm just, you know, I, I just don't want to run the risk of accidentally doxing someone over a sex toy. Okay. All right. All right. Um, I think we're about done. We'll do couple more we'll do three more banana questions then we'll end the show uh why are women pickier than ever uh because they're getting more benefits from the government uh hypergamy floats so the more generous the government is with women the less they need men the more pickier they are with men that's all it is so as the government keeps giving women more free shit the higher the higher their demands are i think look i'll use an analogy imagine if we had ubi so everyone's getting $1,000, right? We're, we're all, we don't have to work anymore. Hooray. But I own a business. I need workers or my business goes bankrupt. So if you make $1,000 a month on UBI, I have to give, I have to increase your pay in order to incentivize you to actually come work for me. So what may have been a minimum wage job, I have to offer you like $20 an hour uh, because if I don't, you're not going to work for me because you're getting this UBI. So it's the same thing with women. As the government, the welfare state and all these feminist benefits are basically like UBI. They're giving women the, these options of just doing nothing. And so in order to incentivize women to, you know, to, to date you or whatever, you have to offer them a better deal than the welfare state and all these benefits. So the more strong and independent women become, the higher their standards. It's just human nature. I don't, again, I don't blame the women. The women are just doing what any spoiled child would do in this circumstance. It's the system that's fucked. And the people responsible are already dead. All the people who gave women voting rights and fucked us, they're all dead. We Like, we could dig up their bodies and shit on them, but, like, whatever. Like, we can't... It's already done. It was it was done. The game was over before we were ever even born. We're just... We're born in the end times. Anyway. Hope that answered your question. Let's do two more questions. Uh, okay, well, that's a that's a troll question. Let's see. Oh, um, this is easy. Okay, why did environmentalism get taken over by far leftists, SJWs, and feminists? Because environmentalism is fundamentally anti-capitalist. Because capitalism is all about maximizing resources and profits, and of course, if you care about the environment. You're putting additional expenses on companies and individuals. You're making them poorer in order to preserve nature. So it's fundamentally anti-capitalist. 
So that's why it attracts people who basically, like, uh, the, the green movement is basically a watermelon. It's green on the outside, but red in the middle. A lot of communists use environmentalism as a front to attack capitalism. And in fact, I think Earth Day is Lenin's birthday. So, yeah. So Earth Day. Yay, Earth Day. It's actually Lenin's birthday. They just decided, hey, let's make Lenin's birthday a holiday by saying it's Earth Day. Happy birthday, Lenin. But that's why. It's because it's anti-capitalist. All right, for our last question, let's... Uh... All right, well, that's... that's a, well, it's a, okay, this will be a bonus question because this is a simple question. It's not going to take too long. It's not really worthy of the last question of the show. Uh, when was the last time you were drunk or stoned? And does Celestina ever need to feel the strong chimp hand or does she stay in pocket? The last time I was drunk on the stream was... I was really sick and I was drunk on like cold medicine and I was playing like Lords of the Fallen which is like a Dark Souls like game because I I don't really I don't like I value my thought process I don't like drugs because they mess with how you think and also I value my freedom too much to risk being addicted so I try to stay away from addictive substances but that means when I have to take cold medicine I get really fucked up Our target date retirement funds a bad idea what is a reasonable expense ratio for a retirement mutual fund? Sorry for two questions. Thank you for all you do, TFM. Oh, thank you for the donation. So target date mutual funds are not good because it's, it's a model that starts out aggressive and gets more conservative over time. But it, it's not playing to the market. It's just a model. So what you should be doing is you should be creating a a balanced mutual fund based on your investment objectives and risk tolerance not be, if you if you're being put into a model like okay here I'll level with you if you have less than 100k in investable assets and you go to talk to someone they're just going to put you in a model because they don't give a shit uh, if you have less than 100k you're not even worth their time they're going to put you in and what I mean by a model is they have like pie charts of where to put your money and they just put you in that model and they just set it and forget it and they don't care they're, they're not earning their pay so if you have 100k or less, just manage your own shit. Put it, uh, go to Vanguard, get some ETFs and mutual funds. Uh, you can create a balanced portfolio. Watch my Monkeynomics series. You can create a balanced portfolio yourself. You could actually. Here's what's funny. You could look up what the models are for this. Like look up PNC or BlackRock or whatever. Like look up the actual models they're going to put you in. And if you love these models so much, you could recreate those models in Vanguard and not have to pay the commission. So if all they're going to be is put into a model, just do it yourself. Why pay someone to put you in a model and then give them like 10% of your assets in a commission or some bullshit? Um, as far as the expense ratio, um, the, again, use ETFs for stable assets, your large cap. Um, bonds you shouldn't even be in until you're 10 years from retirement. But stable assets that aren't really going to move a lot, um, maybe international, you want to be in ETFs. And ETFs have a very low to no expense ratio because they're not actively managed. When you're talking about um, risky assets or volatile assets, your small cap, your junk bonds, your, your emerging markets, you really need someone who can separate the wheat from the chaff. You're going to need someone who's going to research these companies and find the good ones from the bad ones. You don't want to be an ETF. You certainly don't want to be in a fucking index fund because you don't want to own all the bullshit. You want to only own the good companies. So what you want to do is you want to look at their 10-year average return and you want to make sure they're beating the benchmark. And you want to make sure that their beta is lower than the benchmark. 
You want a lower than benchmark beta, and you want a higher than benchmark 10-year average. And if it's under 10, if the fund hasn't been around for 10 years, just stay away from it. Any any fund that hasn't been around for 10 years is isn't worth investing in, uh, unless you really know what you're doing. But chances are, if you're calling into a talking monkey with a sex doll waifu asking investment advice, you probably don't know enough to to know what you're doing. So just stick with funds that are older than 10 years. You should be all right. And um, okay, and the last question: uh, the Celestina ever need the chimp hand? Absolutely not. Celestina is a saint. She's an absolute wholesome, perfect angelic being. Not a single flaw exists in her perfect body. Fight me. Anyway, that that <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Yeah, Celestina is Nualt. She doesn't breathe. Nualt confirmed. The only Nualts are at the dollhouse. I, look, I, I did fuck her hands up. I gave her Fight Club scars because I was fixing her fingers. I take full responsibility for that. I actually still feel guilt over that, and I'd appreciate if you wouldn't keep reminding me of that. Anyway, that that is our show. Uh, congratulations to the person who won the sex toy. Uh, shout out to our sponsors, The Dollhouse, MGTOWbooks.com, Flying Tigers Gear, Fawn Love, and The Rare Breed Theory. Uh, he's like a newer MGTOW YouTube channel. Check him out. We're going to play some ads. We're going to have some credits. Any final words before we go, guys? No, my mind is clear. All right. Uh, Hermit, you've been real quiet. Are you still, are you still there? Oh, Hermit already took off. He, he yeah, took he, off? All right. Yeah, he, he found out that he didn't win the sex toy, so he said, yeah, I'm going to go. He's like, oh, fuck and, you yep. guys. <laughs> Fucking, I, I, I give and I give, and you can't even give me a free sex toy. This is bullshit. <laughs> sorry I, maybe next time hermit maybe next time yeah you can enter the show hermit you know, I'll, you know it's all good people might people might say shenanigans though if hermit won the sex toy and he was like a guest on the show they might accuse me of some kind of like some kind of nepotism or something anyway all right that that's our show everyone thank you for hanging out with us we'll see you next time have a good day What's up, my fellow MGTOW brothers? Guess what I got for you? Some MGTOW rare breed merch. You need some clothes on your back, right? Can't walk around naked? Why not get you some MGTOW gear? Need to go to the library? Expand your beautiful, infinite MGTOW mind? Why not get you a MGTOW rare breed book bag? That way feminists can throw eggs at the back of your head. Or maybe you just want to be reminded that bitches ain't shit when you're moving your mouse around. Get you a rare breed MGTOW mouse pad. It's a cold, cold world out there, especially for a man. Why not get you a MGTOW hoodie? Okay, I think you get the point. Don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell on YouTube for the best MGTOW content. The Rare Breed Theory. changes. In the current year, women have declared war on men. Men are not only guilty until proven innocent, but they are not even allowed to prove their innocence. In response to this warfare waged by women, known as feminism, men have sought refuge with waifus. Artificial women able to satisfy a man's need for love and sex. Retailers like the dollhouse began to spread bringing waifus to men everywhere, freeing them 
from the enslavement of feminism. Get your waifu today from the dollhouse.com or dc.dollhouse.com if you're in the United States before they're banned by feminism so they can control men once more. Go to the dollhouse.com and dcdollhouse.com to find your waifu today before it's too late. This is Shilestina here to tell you about Flying Tiger's gear. While TFM is preparing his hand-to-hand -hand combat skills, are you getting ready for the coming purge? Here is something you might not have considered. What are you doing to protect your dick? How are you going to repopulate Western civilization once you've purged the cucks and feminists if your balls are damaged? This is why Flying Tiger's gear offers a steel kickboxing cup. Sure, you could use it for martial arts, but let's be real here. When some Antifa dipshit is trying to shank your dick, do you want the only thing between your manhood and cold steel to be a piece of plastic? I didn't think so. You need to protect your dick during the apocalypse, right? So check out Flying Tiger's gear on eBay where they offer the aforementioned steel groin cup, as well as sell lots of martial arts and kickboxing gear if you're into that sort of thing. Thank you for your time. I have an important message for you. For the guys who dream about early retirement and packing their bags for a one-way trip to Asia and say bye-bye to hashtag me too, feminism, entitled women riding the cock carousel, author and MGTOW Luca Venditti has written a book about how to achieve early financial independence and leave the West. He managed to retire on 200k in Asia and is happy to share how he did it. His book will cover in detail the high yield deposit accounts available and how to capitalize on them for a guaranteed monthly passive income that grows with inflation, an extremely detailed budget breakdown and much more. The book is called MGTOW's Guide to Retiring on 200k in Southeast Asia. And you can purchase it on MGTOWbooks.com and use the promo code DEARFILM for an extra 10% off. Now in four formats, PDF, Mobi for Kindle, EPUB, and text-to-speech MP3.
Shit.